0: Off rhythm.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and the latest updates on Tim Tebow's baseball career, and apparently Brad plugging in his iPhone. Uh, my name is Michael Basinger. And with me are Matt Pauly. Hey. Brad Pauly. We're not going to talk about Matt Lauer. And uh, and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. No, we're not. Flashing his little cocktail sausage around the office. So I really didn't know. You literally told me this about Matt Lauer right before the podcast. Um, I don't... Did he show himself? It's a, it's a little... Dis- he did a lot of things. He's it's a, a little
0: disconcerting we're playing porn music while we're talking about this. He's a massive piece of shit.
1: Well, I mean, I assume that I just know, based I did his too. Yeah. Thanksgiving Day Parade coverage. Yeah. But um, to find out, like, it's more than just him being the smarmy asshole. Um, <laughs> yes, it was much more than that. Yes. I, I really don't even know, so we'll... Uh, I'll do some internet f- searching later, Matt Lauer. Um, <laughs> Brad's back. So is the bleeping. Um, <laughs> announcements. We dropped a Christmas playlist on Spotify and com slash Christmas. We will be recording the 100th episode in Bloomington, Indiana, and you are invited January 6th, 2018. Go to Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast for more details Into RSVP your pants. RSVP your pants. No, oh, I get mm. it.
0: I see what you did there. So, you know,
1: so we know what kind of pants you're wearing. Hopefully not yoga. Thanks. I'll be here all week. What are we drinking?
0: <laughs> this song is on our Christmas playlist. It's just a teaser. <laughs> Brad's back. Music's here. Yep. Yeah.
1: I don't think this is on our Christmas playlist. Yes, it is it? You don't remember this one? I don't remember. <laughs>
0: You really don't remember this. I I freaking love this song. It's about the Virgin Mary.
2: Who is
1: this? (laughs) (laughs) Is this Kenny G?
0: No, you don't know who this is? I don't know. know, You know the reason I do this every week is to watch him blank. I don't know. Holla notes, Michael. The song is Man Eater.
1: That was not on our Christmas. Yeah, it was. List. It's about the Virgin Mary. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're calling Mary. Was a man Mary. Whoa, here Mary. She did goes. you know that you're a man eater? Watch out, boys. She'll chew you up.
3: <laughs> watch out! Watch out!
0: Oh man. No. Holla notes is a national treasure. This song rules don't even (laughs) happen. It does. It sounds like really old people thinking not.
1: I think it's terrible, and it's old, like your balls. All right, I'm going to have to mute you so I can play the actual theme music. Here we go. Hey, hey, what
3: are you drinking, hey?
1: There it is. <laughs> Gosh! All right. Uh, what are we drinking? Who picked this beer? First of all, uh, I did.
2: <coughs> I did. This is
0: Backwoods Bastard from a Founders Same.
1: Founders Brewing
0: Company in Michigan somewhere. Michigan, right? The Mitten. In somewhere in Michigan. Yeah, it's in, in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. America's uh, Mitten. I don't know where in Michigan. Oh, Grand Rapids. Oh, Rob Bell's beer. Rob Bell's beer. He has a twenty percent stake in Founders. No, he doesn't. Before he sold out and moved to LA, Um, now he has a twenty percent, twenty percent in Short Pants. <laughs> yes, uh, this is from their Barrel Age series, <laughs> ale aged in oak bourbon barrels. It is a bourbon bomb. A lot of vanilla. A lot of vanilla. Really a lot of good. Bourbon. It's really nice, but it's not like. I it's also eleven point two percent alcohol. Man, bombs. I give so this one frickin-
1: uh, a full full ten. I'm
0: remember. already a good two to three fingers of Lagavulin into the evening. It was all three fingers. <laughs> I had three fingers too. So this yeah. is really good. That's a Forty some percent. <laughs>
1: this, this would is... be the best beer I've had in yeah. It's probably nice. six months. It's really that good, I can yeah. remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very very good. So uh, I recommend <laughs> that. I think I saw. I happened to see it Ooh. at the at the store we were at, uh, that liquor store we were at in. Oh yeah, Greenwood Ka-
1: um, uh, Cask Strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: um and i before that i had seen it on it was, it was like some beer magazine gave like a 98 out of 100 so
1: like yeah i definitely need to get our hands on that yeah. so it's it's very good it's really good yeah. i i love that along a lot mm-hmm. a lot um this round is on the Pastards pub thanks guys if you'd like to uh, buy us around go to patreon.com slash podcast we offer exclusive episodes of pub crawl turd talk hymns of reconstruction at any level you can access the pastor's pub it's a closed facebook group where we talk about life spirituality and just about everything else things discussed in the pub this week james dobson's ringing endorsement of roy moore
0: yeah all of them
1: yeah uh, put them on a ship and
0: sink it seriously
1: uh holiday beard decorations
0: no Never I'm, gonna do this it. This comes around yeah. every year. I think,
1: I think Matt has done that. You've done it before. I've I took I, think, I
0: took two giant ornaments and hung them from my beard look like balls. Yeah. That's well, the most I've done. Yep. Yeah. There's a Too easy. There's a picture on my Facebook somewhere, Too I'm easy. pretty sure. So
1: I'm just gonna pass that right now. Balls on my chin. Yeah. There two it is. Two giant balls on my chin. Yeah. That Michael, is that what you're talking about? Um, I I mean Okay. The
0: idea <laughs> that I have <laughs> testicles like bouncing off my chin. Is that what you're talking about?
1: The jokes just write themselves. <laughs>
0: <Did> you- <laughs> A Family Guy episode where the FCC or whatever. <laughs> can we censor his chin? Censor <laughs> ah, <laughs> his chin looks like balls. Should we censor that? What uh, are you doing? Censoring real life. His chin looks like balls. Should we censor
1: that? Also discussed in the pub this week. Uh, uh, what to do with, your, with all the books from the Left Behind series?
0: I think the main consensus was just burn them. I think, yeah. was the... Because people are like, give them to the Goodwill, like, no, because then more people will <laughs> take them out of First circulation. First of all, every Goodwill has 800 sets of them, because yeah. nobody has them in their goodwill house. Goodwill and either. half but price. But isn't it left
1: behind, like, isn't that prophecy? Isn't Wasn't, uh, like, an evil dictator kind of took... Pratt? Yeah. Ironically enough... fell for it.
0: Ironically yeah. enough, it almost perfectly describes Trump. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's really pretty eerie, yeah. but...
1: Um, also discussed in the pub, uh, the documentary "Jim and Andy." Have you guys seen that? I yet? have not no. watched it yet. Uh, I should have done that on my day off. You should have. Damn it. Um, so it it's, tells the story of Jim Carrey That's covering a lot uh, of jerking off to do. No, no
0: time for documentaries. Have definitely cooking dinner, but okay. I spent all day wow.
1: preparing dinner, but okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it tells uh, it's a documentary basically on the behind the scenes of uh, Man on the Moon. Where Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. um, which I always love that movie. I, didn't, I haven't seen that for a long time. It's it's yeah. it's good. I had a conversation with Billy Patterson because we have to talk about him every week because that's the only reason he listens. Um, uh, I had a conversation with him. He has never seen Man on the Moon. He's never seen Truman Show. Or, oh, I like Truman Show. That's another one I haven't seen. Or uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I, you know, I don't know I don't that I've ever seen, seen that. that. It's pretty good. Those are like the trifecta of like the best Jim Carrey movies, like serious Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. Anyway, Jim and Andy's super awesome. I highly recommend it. Derek Webb was talking about it on Twitter yeah, as well. Saw that. Um it'll it'll like it's if you if you like that movie, it will expand expound on that. But then also there's some like spiritual undertones on there that mm-hmm. will blow your freaking mind. Because Jim Carrey is doing some crazy awesome shit right now. Yeah. Um also discussed in the pub, uh, Wolverine is a Christian. We found that out uh, from a like clip. Actual Wolverine, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Wolverine. Um, I have
0: a huge Ackman.
1: I bet you do. Huge, huge Ackman. Huge, <laughs> huge Ackman. Um, no, uh, Wolverine. From there, they, there's a clip of the cartoon. Uh, I don't. I assume it's from the 80s because that's like the animation style um, of him, like his conversion to Christianity. Huh. It's pretty. I somehow missed that Is conversation. that before after he runs
0: his, his steel talons through somebody's face?
1: Yeah. Some, In I think the name he, of Jesus. Stephen, yeah. Stephen Bain uh, re- replied uh, Wolverine, um, uh, uh, he says one prayer and kills <laughs> countless people. Sounds just like a Christian to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: not to mention, it's not like you could crucify him. He'd just heal himself, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't even work. So that uh, brings me to uh, it over and
0: over again, but you just get bored. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Brings me to uh, something we've kind of discussed on the on this uh, podcast before, but I need to bring it up. Jesus was uh, if he's in the X Man universe, does that make him the first X Man? Was that, when was this discussed? Um, I must have missed all. It's a long time ago. I brought it up in the middle of a foofy. Made no sense. But let's talk about it. <laughs> it still um, doesn't make any sense. So it, I, here's here's my thoughts. So Jesus is the first <laughs> X man because X stands for Christ. Like X miss Christmas, Christ miss Jesus I mean, X go man. Ahead and Hall and um, I'd rather just hear Hollins. Jesus has superpowers. He walks mm-hmm. on water. Heals people. Uh, he ascended into heaven, so we know that he flies. Um, and he's a badass gangster. Uh, He's gangster enough to have faked his own death. Uh, And he's also immortal. So he's Tupac? So so Jesus is a mix of Superman and And Tupac. And Elvis. (laughs) My work here is done. And Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman. (laughs) This is the most blasphemous thing I've ever done. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. (laughs) Um, Fantasy football update. Oh, we're almost to the chorus. <laughs> well, I was going to say the song. I've played eighteen <laughs> minutes of it, still not to the chorus. <laughs> uh, Jeez. Adam Pulley is now number one. I'm back to number two. Matt I is finally lost. Matt is up to ninth. Yeah, Brad's up since the last time we talked about it to twelfth. I finally lost. I had won five in a row, and
0: I shit the bed this week. I'm yeah. just, I'm just about. I'm going to be just close enough to not make the. Playoffs. I'm not going to make the. Hey, I don't yeah. have a chance. I'm so. going to make
1: it and probably lose. Like most of your division is going to make it.
4: Yeah, Man, like, your division is ridiculous. It's ridiculously like the last place person. You're gonna have somebody
0: finish like nine and four and, and not make the th- playoffs. Yeah, and we've got and somebody and with some a losing record. Some that's asshole make the in the that playoffs. shitty division is gonna lose <laughs> yes. with and win and with a losing record. <laughs> Brandon
1: Andrus' <laughs> division of <laughs> Mandy, Mandy
0: is gonna win that division. My uh, wife is gonna win that division. It's terrible. Can we change the rules so that doesn't happen? Like the best teams actually make it.
1: Well, you know what
0: a novel concept. It
1: is a novel concept. We'll we'll be totally reformatting our fantasy football concept next yeah, year. Yeah, not
0: having twenty four teams yes. will be the start. Not concept.
1: having twenty four teams. Yeah. Um,
0: it would be super great to be able to go to the waiver wire one time and find, <laughs> a, find player that a player
1: anybody somebody doesn't own who will play in <laughs> the game. And find somebody <laughs> that you've heard of. Like well, I had uh <laughs> I think two of my <laughs> my uh, I had Andrew Luck didn't yeah, play a damn how'd, game. how'd that work out for you? It didn't work out very <laughs> well. And then I had uh, the the guy in, from the Texans, the QB, Sean Watson. That yeah. yeah. And oh, that how hurt. are you still going to make the playoffs? I've got uh, who do I have now? He's a got Ty Tyrod running, Taylor. Well, you've got he's got
0: that running back from New Orleans that just went nuts oh. this week. Yeah. It so makes me physically. I've got a DC. It makes me physically angry to see you win. I just want you to know that. Well,
1: I'm sorry. I'm. Not bad at fantasy football.
0: You gotta understand, he puts way more time into it. That's than probably it is true. I like put he probably, to, he tw- listens to podcasts. I actually don't it. listen
1: to it anymore. After about the first, I stopped last week. Yes. No, after about the first month, <laughs> there, there's nothing new they're really gonna tell you. It's the same, <laughs> same shit over and over again. So, but. Um, there's so he, ma- just, he just invites ridicule. There, there are so <laughs> many
0: <laughs> things that make me just physically angry about I, you. I honestly, just, I just I pro- want you to know that
1: I probably spend about twenty minutes on my on my team. On I spend him. literally twenty. I seconds. Spend, yeah, maybe twenty seconds. Well, I'm like,
0: oh, there's nobody hurt or bye weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> submit, submit, uh, set that well, lineup. Yeah, it shows, guys.
1: So you yeah, suck.
0: I started one in five, and so I was like, at that point, I'm not making you. The made, you made a big swing. I did. I yeah. won five in a row after mm-hmm. that, but by that point. Yeah, I didn't know I'm swimming in the, in, the, in the pool of mediocrity, yeah. and that's yeah. where I've been all year. So. Yeah,
1: well. All right, let's go into Fat Bastards. Okay.
3: Don't you want to be, want to be a fat bastard? <laughs> I want to be, want to <laughs> be a fat bastard. We all want to be, want to be a fat bastard. <laughs> we all want to be, want to be a fat bastard. Fat <laughs> Bastards.
1: Really, <laughs> Michael, do you have to do that every week now. You farted a little bit ago. No, we Not on him. the microphone. He didn't
0: stick the mic up to his ass. Microphone. Well,
1: the day that you do, your <laughs> name's going on totally that mic. Totally not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know? that'll be
0: that'll be Brad's mic. <laughs> yeah.
1: You'll be locked in. that one. Can we just do this, please? Yeah, yeah. for God's sake. Uh,
0: we have uh, this is from uh, leftover from Janet. She gave us like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, here's a spoon. All right. Here's a spoon.
1: Oh, I love when you spoon me. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: actually might go really well with this. Yeah. Beer. How we how we rating this? Uh, it's, uh it's, pumpkin. It's, it's from Pumpkin or Texas <laughs> Ranger again. <Yeah. laughs> pumpkin do, spice cookie Butter What's another Boston thing we could do? <laughs> I know we've run out of Boston
2: <laughs> things. She um, said it's so
0: much stuff. <laughs> we could do Char- we could do sh- like Charleston. We could do like shrimp boats. Bubba Gumps. Bubba Bubba Gumps. Let's do Bubba is that, Gumps. Is that where Bubba there's, Gump's shrimp, there's shrimp boats down there. Um, no, Bubba Gump is from Can Louisiana. we do popcorn shrimp? By- it's La battery Do you not watch Forrest Gump?
1: It's been a long time. I watched I watched the big, I watched the, big the Big shot. Sick you again last shot. night. Uh in Is in, he smart or is he Ray Romano's character was talking about uh movies that were that, that were reviewed poorly and he loved he's like Forrest Gump, that's like the best movie. And it was reviews were terrible for it. Were they? Were they? I don't that's what he Didn't said. Didn't you win movie. a fucking Oscar for it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure know. he did.
0: I, don't I think, think it, it got bad reviews. Ray Romano's stupid. All it is pretty terrible.
1: Ray Romano is an angel. Have you seen, seen... Is that where you yeah, landed on that? I've well, seen every episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. You've seen that. every episode of I everything say, ever Michael, made. there isn't a, a TV show ever that you haven't okay, seen. Okay, so all the, out, of, out of five Bubba Gumps. All right. Five. That's good. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like a basic white bitch, but that is good. Ma'am. <laughs> that,
0: that literally just put Ugg
1: boots and tights on me. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I feel the compression. <laughs> Wait, on did my we even say cheeks? what it
0: was? <laughs> oh, it's pumpkin spice cookie butter. <laughs> made, like, what? <laughs> made with uh what's it say? Made with
1: um real crushed cookies, right? Yeah, crushed cookies. Yeah. Mm. And yep. and wow. God, that's good.
0: Five Holy crap. Mm. That mm. Is... Made
1: with cookies and angel semen. That is that's uh, great. I'm taking
0: another spoonful of that that's five bubba gumps. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that five bubba gumps on that.
1: Wonderful. Mm.
0: Man. Oh man, that, Yeah, ch- that's that's ridiculous. I wonder what it's like with the beer. Let's try it with the beer. Yeah. All right. Yep. It works. Oh man, it really oh, does. I'm guessing that? this is not going to work with the beer. No, <laughs> this is going to be really bad with the beer. What is it? Huh? Uh, she also sent us uh, spicy green sriracha sauce. Which, fun fact, it's not the sriracha brand. No, it's Wegmans. Sriracha did not, the guy that owns Sriracha brand did not uh, trademark the name. Oh, whoops. Did you know that? That's why, no. he, that's why that's everything can be Sriracha. It has no Sriracha in it, like the huh. actual, because I love like the brand, the Sriracha yeah. brand hot sauce. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, made with uh, jalapeno, tomatillo, and cilantro. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. So everybody grab So it's a basically like a tomatillo salsa hot sauce.
1: Thanks. Thanks for that. This is going to be funny cuz it's
0: going to be hot. And Michael's going to lose his shit cuz he can't deal with hot stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm, i I would thought about sitting it out, but <laughs> So you guys give me shit, but you guys won't do that like hot hot chip challenge. I'm totally willing to do it, but you guys are Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. We had people offer to buy the the hot chips. Mm. You're like, "No, I can't do it." Yeah, because it can literally like melt your esophagus. One chip?
0: Yeah. No, you would never do that. I would do it. You would not. not. I would do it. Somebody send one, Michael. No, no, we all have to do it. Nope, nope. I would do it.
1: Oh, that is absolutely. Lenny, you try
0: this, dude. That is a ridiculous. I'm taking that home. Grab a. That is a ridiculously good hot sauce. Oh, Oh, that's that's great. That's got just
1: enough heat to it. Mm -hmm. Just, just for the for the record, Lenny's in uh, basketball shorts and shirtless, (laughs) wearing his backpack. Yeah, just to give you a visual,
0: and to think he's single, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Wait, are you single, Lenny? Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry, buddy. No? Is that all right? No. Okay. With your
1: style though, how can you even be single?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies don't you know. dig the unibrow, huh?
1: <laughs> hey, you trimmed it up
0: though, didn't you? Yeah. yeah nice. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Little manscaping. <laughs> unibrow and a and a porn stash. I <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine can't imagine <laughs> why <while> you're
1: single. <laughs> <laughs> love you, nephew. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that our interview is with Hillary McBride about body image and our, our children. <laughs> and so. I'm
0: literally like dragging him right
1: now. Lenny, <laughs> you are a beautiful young man. Hey, can I have more of that hot sauce, please? That's really, really good. Yeah, it is actually really good. I'll give good. that five I like as well. It. I'll give it a five yeah. as well. That's I like it. That's really, really yeah, that's I was a little bit scared. Lenny says five. I was a little bit scared, but it is It is good. It is good. Yep. I wonder if I could find that around here anywhere. No, because
0: Wegmans is a it's a northeastern grocery store, huh. so no. You take
1: it all back. Hmm. I don't know if it's anywhere else. If somebody else makes it. Hey, uh, Janet, whenever you uh, come for the live Wait, event, isn't that who Janet works? Four? She's not though. Um, it, she, I can neither oh, oh, confirm right. nor divide, deny that there are multiple people who work for Wegmans in the pub. Yeah, there's at least two. Yeah. Hmm. All, right. all right, move on. All right, let's go.
3: All your dry, all your
1: tears refill your fears. We're into the newsfeed. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh no, no, wait, wait, wait. So uh, we, oh, got we got Sarah Khan. 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 Sarah J. Khan. uh Let me pull up her. Oh, perfect. What's perfect timing? What
3: she'll chew you up? Oh, is
1: she, she is at. She's a man eater. She's at... Actually, M- that's probably not true. She's probably no, a wonderful She is person. a wonderful human being. Uh, she's at MS Sarah Jane 32. Misa Sarah Jane. Misa Sarah Jane. Miss Sarah Jane 32. <laughs> we dare you to change it to man-eater. Um, so before before we go into her, her news feed item, um, so uh, she have a little life update. So a few months back, she started a group that meets Saturday mornings uh, every couple of weeks to talk order, disorder, and reorder, as Roar puts it. Hmm. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I love
0: when you talk um, about
1: that. She was inspired by us. She figured if wow. uh, if these clowns <laughs> these can, do can do something, <laughs> that she can. Um, I love
0: that our mediocrity is inspiring people to do something meaningful. That's really good. Yes. I like that. If well, these proof, dumb proof that can that accomplish God. anything, so can I. Proof that God can use just a total pile of shit to yep. do something with it.
1: Welcome. To the Inglorious Pastors <laughs> podcast. We'll be here all night long. <laughs> um, anyway, so a <laughs> little comment about a newsfeed piece. She said she doesn't have kids, uh, mainly because she's a seventh grade science teacher, and that's quite enough for her. Oh my God. Uh, but watching, More this, power <laughs> watching this video makes her feel very secure in her decision. So. Um, the video is a uh, cringe-worthy video shows kids smashing museum artwork as adults watch. Oh, what? Two what? moms. Two oh, this moms, is going to piss me off. Um, in in uh, China, um, not only watching, but recording their children oh. destroy artwork in a museum. Wow. Literally just destroying it. And the kids are dancing. Um, they're like toddlers. Yes. Like they kind of look like maybe 3 or year, 3 years old or so. Um yeah, they look eh, there's, a four, there's four. There's a reason there's
0: rope barricades.
1: Yes. And and they oh literally are God. filming it with their with their cameras. Um this is the after effect of, of the actual oh. art piece of artwork. It's like two wow. angel wings. Don't
0: you wanna be, wanna oh, wow. You want to be one. Wow. Nope. Sorry. That was my, my a...
1: uh, elbow. <laughs> elbow there. Michael Butt dialed it. Um Butt dialed Brandon Andrews. Um <laughs> If you're gonna call him, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, surveillance video captured uh, two children destroying glass artwork. It was made of glass. Uh, a little insight into the artwork. Let me find the notes that I wrote about this. So, it took 27 months to design that piece of work. Uh, she dedicated Dude. she dedicated to her newborn daughter. The the art the artist. Um, the footage uh, can now be seen at the museum, playing on a loop because of the damaged artwork. Um, there are no reports to suggest the parents have been identified or will receive any punishment. Dude, it's good to know that it's not just American kids that are shitheads.
0: Yeah. Or parents. I mean, the kids probably don't even know. I can't believe the parents. But the parents just letting them do it
1: and fucking filming it? Man,
0: that's rough.
1: Yep. Uh, The the sculpture was entitled Angel in Waiting for her, her daughter. Um, and now it's. Uh, she has changed the title to uh, to leave it broken. She's leaving the the artwork broken, and uh, has retitled the art as, and how, as broken.
0: How crushing!
1: Yeah, would that be? Yeah, I mean something that you created and worked dedicated to your daughter. For, two 20, years too over two years, twenty seven months. Wow. Jeez, and finally got it into a museum. <sighs> Neat, the world, Jeebs.
0: Well, follow, following up on that. Thanks, Sarah Khan. Yes, thank you.
1: Misa I, Sarah Jane. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> I'm sure she does not like you referring to her as Jar Jar Binks. Michael, you love Jar Jar. I do. Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks is a national treasure. No. Jar Jar Without Binks we're not We're not sucks. doing this. No. We're not doing this. Without, Without no. Jar Jar Binks, there is no Shut imp- up. Emperor. We are not doing He's this. He's the one who plays the emperor in oh, charge. We're, we're not doing this. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I don't believe in science. Says flat earther set to launch uh, himself yeah. in own rocket. Is this is Kyrie this Irving. Guy. Here we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> on Saturday, I'm gonna uh, just don't comment on this yet because I've I've already heard the story. Okay. So uh, on Saturday, a limousine driver plans to launch himself on a mile long flight over the Mojave Desert in a rocket of his own making. His Neat. name is Mad or Mad Mike Hughes. Yeah, I never p- wanted something to explode more than I wanted. Okay, hold rocket. on, hold on. His steam-powered rocket is built of Steam. salvaged metals, his launch pad is repurposed from a used mobile home, and he is confident this will mark the first step toward proving the Earth is flat after all. It's the most interesting story in the world, Hughes told the <laughs> aso- Associated Press, of the jury-rigged quest through meth, rotted teeth. To, to overturn more than two millennia <laughs> of scientific knowledge. And the whole thing is only costing $20,000, according to the AP. God, what a I don't believe in science, Hughes added. I know about aerodynamics and fluid dynamics and how things move through the air. But I don't know that the Earth is round. About the certain size of rocket nozzles (laughs) and thrust. that's not science. That's just a formula. There's no difference between science and science fiction. Okay, I hope this thing explodes (laughs) in a fucking fireball. I am so goddamn tired of everybody going... I don't believe this, therefore it's true. Yeah. That is not how science works, no. you asshole. It's I not. hope right before it explodes, uh, he's uh, like,
1: oh, shit. No, I, hope he, dies. No, you know I what? hope he dies no, you in know a what screaming I hope? fireball. That's no, like, so nice. Because I hope, that's one, I hope no, it,
0: that's one less asshole on this planet no, that can vote for Trump. Even even better, <laughs> and you know this guy voted for Trump. God. Even oh, better oh. would be, I want this thing to work. I want it to work, and I want it to get to the edge of space and go, Oh my God, it's round. He's only going 1,800 feet up. I saw the edge, man. I saw the corners. Flying a goddamn airplane. (laughs) Like, it's not going to prove anything. 1,800 feet. That's literally. Go to the top of the (laughs) Empire State Building. Commercial airliners, 35,000 feet. Anything. Uh, Get a hot air balloon. It goes higher than that. Like, I I just, uh, oh. So here's the thing. So let's see. Oh, uh, he just, uh, the article says, just don't liken the man's entrepreneurial spirit to that of Elon Musk. <laughs> well, yeah. A, okay, got it. Who is a quote, giant fraud, according to Hughes. <laughs> in fact, many notable space explorers came in for, for Hughes' criticism during the interview, including the quote unquote Freemason NASA astronauts, uh,
2: John Glenn and
0: Neil Armstrong. Hughes maintained that all of them have been involved in the quote, the roots of the deception the earth is round. <laughs> Uh, okay. Still, Hughes converted. <laughs> listen this, listen, no, listen this to this. Got, this.
1: is so great. Listen to
0: this. Hughes <laughs> converted to the flat Earth belief recently. Shortly after his first fundraising campaign for the rocket earned just three hundred and ten dollars of his one hundred and fifty thousand dollar goal, his second campaign, this time posted after his convert uh. conversion, and with the support of the flat Earth community, succeeded in hitting his seventy eight hundred dollar goal. First, he went from a one hundred fifty thousand dollar goal <laughs> to a seventy eight hundred dollar goal, and he posted it on flat Earth sites.
1: Of course it fucking got funded. That's only people... uh, uh, Um, I I think about... I I don't know what the percentage is, but there's got to be like 40% of flat earthers who are actually flat earthers. Here is America in
0: a nutshell. I've been a believer for maybe almost a year. I researched it for several months (laughs) in between doing everything else. (laughs) He did extensive Facebook research, you guys. It's exactly right. I fire, I hope this thing explodes in a fireball, or it gets all the way up to eighteen hundred feet and his chute doesn't open. I'm serious. <laughs> Get rid of this human. Man's mad oh, on man. the internet. I'm so sick of this I shit. I am too. Just the, the, it's willful ignorance. It's willful ignorance. Like, that's that's what I am so over to this country. You just willful ignorance in the in the in the face of data, in the face of statistics, in the face of research, actual research. That it goes. This is actual proof, truth. Law, whatever uh, opinion is fact, and, and, and fact people is go, opinion. well, but I don't believe that. Yeah, it's not about uh, the data. Doesn't give. It a doesn't shit give a shit whether you believe it or not. Yeah. Oh my God. We have entire. Yeah. We have an entire Congress making policy based yeah. on opinion. I know. Fact I is I opinion, and opinion is fact. Now. I can't deal with it. It drives me nuts. So. It's unbelievable. And this is the hmm. downfall. This is where social media has fucked everything. Yeah. Because you can post anything, and and it's true. I posted. It. it is. it. it has got to be true. I found it on Facebook. Yep, I shared it on Facebook. It's got to be true. Yeah
1: man oh some,
0: here here's a we need some hollow notes to cleanse here's our the final quote though here's the final quote uh this is talking about talking about the he's gonna prove once and for all the earth is flat this is the king of deceptions he said once this domino falls this is it the <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, it's a, it's a pretty big domino, <laughs> like, like so good, I said, good luck pushing that one over, buddy. Like I said, just a fireball. Guys, after giant... this episode
1: drops, it's this, this going to start a chain reaction. Somehow. This is it. Well,
0: somehow tonight, somehow tonight at my house, before I came here, we got on the subject of... Fl- I may have been talking about this yeah. guy. I think Mandy was like, did you see about the guy that wants to prove that Flat Earth, th- whatever? And uh, my kids were listening, and... My eleven year old and my nine year old. Okay. Uh, we talked about it and they're like, Wait, there's people that believe that? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Literal quote from my nine year old. God, what a bunch of morons. I'm like, Yep, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Pretty much. So my nine year old gets it. Yeah. <laughs> See, this guy gets it. Yeah, exactly. Uh I have a good I have a good story. It's actually a follow up story to something we did last year around Thanksgiving.
1: What what was that? Uh, sorry. It was it was uh, Did they hear that? Cuz it sounded no, they, like they it didn't it. sounded hear like, it. like the, the popo was rolling up on Matt's house. It, it was uh, it was a, a, a spoiler for uh, what's later to come. Okay. Oh, oh
0: my god. Uh, so um uh from CBS News uh, uh, whatever. They're on your side. <laughs> they didn't have Matt Lauer.
1: <laughs> Thank go. God.
0: Uh what starting is that? Remember the text th- the text mixed up mix up from last year? The no. young African-American guy? Oh, yeah, I guy. saw that. Okay. Yeah, this is great. Follow-up. Billy Patterson posted this. Yeah. So kudos to Billy for this. What I started as a Thanksgiving text mix-up. Mix up. Boy, that, oh, le- that yeah, 11% yeah. is kicking in. <laughs> Turned into an annual tradition for Jamal Hinton and Wanda Dench. Oh, I was here. Did Matt just say 11% dick <laughs> suck? <laughs> what did I say? 11% percent definitely <laughs> <sound> like... <laughs> Can we go back to the tape on that? 11%
1: dick suck. Uh, I said 11% kicking in. <laughs> it definitely didn't sound like that. I heard kicking in, but I want to go with dick suck.
0: That's great, Michael. I'm really glad. Really glad I can help.
1: I think you're both under the influence of hollow notes and 11% dick suck.
0: So let it wash over you. All, all
1: right. Notes and 11% dick suck. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: shit. I mean, like, is 11% even to get the job done, really? I feel like you need more of like a third. Oh, I mean, let's just be honest. An 11% blowjob is better than no blowjob at all, so. I mean, just even getting you 11th, 11 hundredths of the way there is well worth your time. Dude, definitely get it out, for sure. Oh, my God. Hillary, I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> we are the worst Oh man Here have some Holland Hills <laughs> Alright All right, what All right. are we doing uh, Okay so uh, Jamal Hinton The young man in question te- Last year texted uh, Accidentally texted Or yeah. got a text from somebody yeah. About yeah. coming to house For dinner He said who, who is this Yeah It's your grandma Yeah So he, he she actually she, He said I'm still up for dinner So she invited him over For dinner This complete stranger yep. I think we
1: covered so, this Last year too Okay. I okay. think we might This is do. a follow up yeah. We
0: did We absolutely did Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, he said, you, not my grandma. Can I still get a plate though? (laughs) And she said, without missing a beat, she said, of course you can. That's what grandmas do feed everyone. So last year she invited him to dinner, family dinner. Um, on Thursday this past year or this past Thanksgiving, Hinton drove 40 minutes from his home in Tempe, Arizona to return to Dench's house for the holiday with pumpkin pie in hand. It was important for me to stay connected with this family because they are like my family. They are so welcoming and nice. Um, so a lot has happened since the hilarious mix-up went viral last year uh, he turned 18 graduated from high school got a girlfriend began his first job as a butcher at Fry's restaurant damn we both went we uh, We both so f- Charlie tells me you're a bitch-a you're you are a bitch tell me do you link it or own sausage all right go ahead
3: Hid, <laughs> <Head laughs> Dune
0: <down, laughs> no uh, we both went through a lot this past year explained Hinton uh, adding that Dench is still working at the Salt River Project the local power utility company Um, the pair talk regularly and now whenever Hinton gets a text from his grandma, he knows Dench has the right number. Dude, that's so good. She's not kind of a grandma. I consider her my grandma, said Hinton said. Um, anyway, so that, I just think that's, um. Like in the middle of just all the shit. Yeah. Like it's, these kinds of things are just like a literal oasis in a desert of shit. Yep. And they said this year was different because it was just way less crazy. Last year was a little more awkward right he, yeah so this year it was a lot more like family, family and just yeah. <clears throat> yeah man that's great uh, they, so know, they, cool she gives him advice and he, his girlfriend came with him and i mean it's just <clears throat> it's just awesome yeah so. and there were pictures from last year and pictures from this year of the two yeah. of them it was really cool yeah it's pretty great so <clears throat> very very cool thing so kudos to, to both of you for for her for one for just inviting a random stranger to house for thanksgiving yeah that's pretty awesome so brad we're, what do you got uh okay um Australian city to demolish its embarrassing erection after 30 (laughs) years of jokes. Uh, The Australian city of Newcastle has voted to demolish Queens Wharf Tower next year, ending 30 years of, quote, lewd jokes over the landmarks' unfortunate (laughs) shape. Let me see. Looks like a dong. Definitely (laughs) (laughs) Uh, dong-esque. Dong-dong-dong-dong. The circular observation tower will remain open for six months to allow residents a final chance to climb its 180 steps and enjoy the view. One last uh, but in we'll the, middle of, the head. But in the middle of next year, it'll be dismantled, it just, much to the just, relief just of the tip, though. Newcastle City Council's interim chief executive officer, Jeremy Bath. Quote, there really is no other way to describe the Queensworth Tower other than as an embarrassment to the city. <laughs> it brings I shame look, upon." I us look all. forward to not having to answer the inevitable question of why from guests and visitors when they see the tower for the first time why not? Unsurprisingly, there aren't many cities around the world that have placed a 30-meter high phallic symbol in their most prominent
1: public space. <laughs> so, well, we
0: erected one in our White House. There are, yeah, yeah, he's a
1: massive prong.
0: Yeah, of just a flaccid orange yep. Uh, Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Peen. Uh so yeah, uh, <laughs> So if you if you want to if you want to see this, get to get to Newcastle in, in Australia soon. You yeah. want to see the uh, thirty meter dong? It is. It is it, definitely. Beckray, if you could. Uh, it is definitely could, has a. It definitely has a helmet. If you. <laughs> is it circumcised or uncircumcised? It is, it's circumcised for sure. <laughs> it definitely has a helmet. So oh, man, yeah. Oh, but she has uh, great helmet. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> God, I love space oh, God. balls. <laughs> All right, God, I love that movie.
1: <laughs> Keep firing, assholes. Um, product update, because because why not? Product update. Um, how many assholes we got on the ship? Yo, <laughs> who is this guy? He's an asshole, asshole sir. sir. <laughs> I know he is.
0: What's his name? That is his name, sir. <laughs> asshole. First, first, <laughs> first, gunner's mate, Philip. First asshole. asshole. <laughs> All right, I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> Mel Brooks is a genius. He is a genius. All right, sorry, buddy. Uh, Are you on drunk wall no, again?
1: No, you're you're fine. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where I found this. Um, Probably drunk mall. It is SodaFry.com. Um, what new to ranch? To new his... ranch dressing soda. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Uh, they're also putting. See, it, I like no, ranch. No, nope. that's
0: pretty gross.
1: Yeah, they're making a uh, what's called a Tom Brady mocktail, and it's uh, ranch dressing soda, buffalo wing soda. And uh, some sort of other soda, celray ray Doctor Brown, celray ray hmm. Never heard of it.
0: Never, never heard of her.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a ranch soda. Is it
0: the kind of suntan water that he drinks so he doesn't get burned uh, doesn't by the sun? And he just drinks enough water; he doesn't get burned. God, what idiot. <laughs> yeah, It's an asshole! It's an asshole Tom, drink named after an asshole. Tom Brady, the flat earther of the NFL. Yeah. Abs- he's a Kyrie Irving of the <laughs> NFL.
1: <laughs> oh man! Doesn't I mean? Yeah. I've got quite a few stories. Some of them are so good. Just read one um, more.
0: Just pick the good one.
1: Um well, I've got I've got one I definitely want to do and one that I want to do for Brad. Oh, God. Um Okay, two more in your okay. domain. Uh Florida man Florida <laughs> man uh, Florida man does whatever a Florida man does. Florida man purposefully <laughs> crashes his car to prove an intersection is unsafe. <laughs> Florida man Bruce John Homer. You you can't argue with good logic like that. That's a watertight argument. That's a watertight argument. You can't argue with logic like that. Florida man Bruce John Homer, (laughs) 61, was so driven to prove... Bruce John Homer.
2: <laughs> so ger-
1: driven to prove a busy intersection in his neighborhood is unsafe that police said he purposefully crashed his, his truck into an SUV to make a point.
0: God, see he could kill somebody. Like I he said, know. yeah. He said That's people are always totally running, not a good somebody, idea.
1: Somebody somebody was driving along minding their business and this asshole yeah. T-bones them or something. Like yeah. So he, he said, people are always running the stop sign at the intersection, and since you guys, the law enforcement, don't do anything about it, I did. What are they supposed to do, sit there with gloves on? Like, in- <laughs> No one's injured, thankfully. Glovesy. Um, <laughs> you beat me to it. But uh, basically, an SUV driver told deputies he was going through the intersection at Claremont uh, when Homer's truck pulled out in front of him. Uh, the motorist said... Uh, uh, Homer then walked up to him and said... You ran the stop sign, and this is the tenth accident at this intersection, and they won't do anything about it until someone dies. Yikes! So okay, that, stra- just, that sounds no. like he's trying to kill somebody. Strap
0: this idiot to that rocket when it blows up with that yeah. other guy. Flatter. Strap them both to a rocket. Like once again, has to be a Trump voter.
1: Oh man! He also said he ran some guy off the road after he saw him blow through the intersection as well. So neat. So he's clearly stable. <laughs> he's very stable. Yeah. So Homer was charged with two counts of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and one count of what reckless driving, uh, and he went to jail on a twenty thousand five hundred dollar bond. So this next one is 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 for Brad because I feel like Brad, there are times in your life where. You hear about things just a little bit too late. I you know feel this like is going to be massively disappointing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like... Mm-hmm.
0: I have no expectations whatsoever. It's like... Go ahead and lower
1: those, whatever those are. <laughs> different Significant like things in your life... Just read the story. ...come Michael. and pass, and I feel like you really missed the boat on this. In what way? Name one. Uh, I'm getting ready to oh. offer. Fieri Con. Fieri Con? Yes. Uh, the world's only Guy Fieri-themed bar crawl.
0: Really glad it lowered my expectations. Yeah. yeah.
1: Two roads diverged in a wood, and I I took the one to Flavortown. <laughs> and that has made all the difference.
0: <laughs> I am king shit of Flavortown. <laughs> Thank you very
1: much. Uh so <laughs> it's it's literally a festival of people dressed as Guy Fieri and going doing a bar it crawl. It really is. Yep. It's it's Fieri con. So you gotta have the uh uh
0: Glasses on the back of your head and the yes. freaking armband and
1: yeah. So we were watching uh, Their rally
0: cry. We're, is, we were somewhere on Thanksgiving. We were I'm watching. Guy I actually watch that show a lot because I love the food and I get recipe ideas. Okay, but like he is the like not okay. Why is he wearing sunglasses inside on the yeah, back of his head? Like I, yeah,
1: I don't know. Here's a here's a picture of uh, some females dressed up as Guy Fieri. Yeah, sort of. Well, she has a Guy Fieri shirt on for sure. Okay, well, that's not being dressed up; as just wearing Guy <laughs> she, Fieri. She has a, a drawn-on goatee as well. She's mm-hmm. a man eater. Yeah. Jeez, man eater. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was a there was an event of uh, Guy Fieri. Here's here's another photo of uh, people dressed up as Guy Fieri with a stupid <laughs> visor. It is. That's a lot of yeah. You really missed out, buddy. A lot Did of Bur- I? Yeah. That every on every that? one
0: of those guys voted for Bernie and then voted for Trump. Every goddamn one of them Or just didn't vote Or just didn't vote Yep (laughs) Threw their vote away Those are all Those are all Bernie bros Every one of them
1: They don't really show this 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 shirt very well But it's a side note But look at this It looks like it's uh, Is it the Virgin Mary It definitely looks like The Virgin Mary Hugging That's exactly what it is Yeah (laughs) We gotta get that shirt
0: that's no, awesome. we don't.
1: Nope. <laughs> oh. Are we recording, by the way?
0: Um I yeah, hope. we're recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we are recording <laughs> this Guy Fieri breakdown. Great. Right. There's just so many pictures by of the people dressed as Guy Fieri.
0: Have you guys seen the the uh <laughs> <laughs> comedian that was on Conan recently Mm-mm. that was talking about Guy Fieri? He's like, I was just wondering what did Guy Fieri do to any of us? <laughs> like and he goes on like a five literally a five minute <laughs> rant. He's like all this guy ever did, and he lists like all of his accomplishments. Yeah. Like he gives like uh he'll he'll buy like food carts for like like these poor places that can help raise money. Like yeah. like he, he does like all it's this his hair, thing. man. He's like and he <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's it's unnatural. It's really good. If you go to Conan uh Conan's Facebook page, it's on there. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh something Torres, I think mm-hmm. was his name. Anyway, it's really funny. Yeah, and he's like and you guys turned him into like like Nickelback, yeah. And while we're talking about it, what did Nickelback ever do? They, they sold like view? tens of millions of yeah. records. Somebody's like, buying that <laughs> shit. Mill- tens of millions, millions of records. It's really good. Yeah. So I
1: recommend. Look at this photograph, There's uh, my. That's really good. Yeah. It's on point. So, um. <laughs> Please
0: tell me you know this song. So, right? um, yes, yeah. you yeah. know "Private Eyes," yeah, yeah. but you don't oh, know no. "Man Eater."
1: No, it didn't sound. Man, like Eater. Man song.
0: Eater's on the, pu- the live play- playlist for the 100th. Is it? Oh yeah, it was on the fiftieth. I bought him intentionally.
2: Private
1: I bought that. About tears for oh, the fears. live playlist for what? For the pastor? For the live episode?
0: Yeah, we played about four songs before we had oh, to the do the fiftieth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt made a 400-song playlist. We got through... Four songs, six songs,
1: and I believe I I uh, selected uh, Chance the Rapper you did. for the last. Same song. drugs, say, Oh man, that's we got to do it again. That's the best. song. No, we're playing something else this year. No. okay, move on. I, I've got a playlist. Don't worry about it. We're playing it's
0: hungry, all, "Hungry Like the Wolf" by Duran. It's Durant. all Five Iron If you say, don't worry just about fuck it. you for saying anything
1: else. Um, okay, so before we get into, um, is there any air supply on that? Before we get into anything uh, with the interview. We have something that we discussed with Hillary uh, towards the end of the interview. But yeah. She's, uh, it's just a little, little side note of, of her. And I will life. say,
0: once again, there's also a couple of weird sound issues. Yeah. yeah where weird. she cuts out about five seconds or so.
1: Yeah. I blame Comcast. <clears throat> um, so, yeah,
0: ironically, my internet sped up two weeks ago. They sped it up. They yeah. doubled the speed. it's, they, and it's right been enough. too bad it's been shittier yeah. since they did
1: that. Yeah, of course. God. All right, so um, we're going to get into... A it's s- 2017. Why can my internet can be reliable? you quit talking for five fucking minutes? <laughs> Gosh. No, because I know it irritates you. Okay, so uh, we're going to listen to a song by Hillary L. McBride. Um, this is uh, her cover of... Iron and Wine's My Lady's House. Oh, I love that so song. we're going to listen to it, and we'll come back, and then we'll do a little intro. But uh, this is a cover of, uh, uh, what, would, what, did I, what did I just said. My Lady's House. My Lady's House. we haven't heard it yet, so we're going to listen to yep. um So, all right, here we go. shit that was really good
0: yeah it was. <laughs> is there anything she doesn't do well i know like, like it's i i wasn't expecting that like uh it was so good i wasn't expecting it to be crap but like that was really 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 yeah. good well, and we, we sit,
1: literally just listened to it with you we, so we we had it could have been terrible but it was really really yes. good and she retained like Sam Beam's, like you said,
0: airiness, kind of like the just airy, that yeah. real peaceful. Like God. she's so freaking. And I'm talented. guessing that was her playing the violin on that too. I don't know, but man, she went to school for it yeah. until she became. I mean, changed majors and stuff. Like that was Sigmund Freud in the leather
1: couches. <laughs>
2: that's, covering,
0: a, that's a joke that will tell co- itself later. Covering yeah. iron and wine.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Hillary Hillary L McBride, super super talented. Yeah, uh, very versatile. Um, totally yeah. has no business on this podcast. So, uh, Hillary <laughs> L. McBride, what is she doing on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I know Hillary L. McBride is a therapist, a researcher, a speaker, and a writer. Uh, her latest book, "Mothers, Daughters, and Body Image: Learning to Love Ourselves as We Are," is incredible. Yes, it go is. buy it. Get a copy for your mom. For your sisters, and guys, read it too. Guys, like, read it
0: too. It, there's so much valuable stuff in there for dudes.
1: I learned a lot. I was finishing it up uh, uh, yesterday at the dentist office. It was, uh, I, f- it, it, was awesome. Yeah. It was. It's yeah. <sighs>
0: it's not. It's not academic. It's not overly academic. No. Which if you think something written by a therapist would be overly academic? It's not at all. It's accessible. She ta- she talks it's about relatable. That. She talked about that in the interview too. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. I don't have anything. I anything.
0: We can't oversell it.
1: Yeah, we love Hillary. Yeah, we're we big fans
0: of Hillary. We can't oversell this book.
1: So. Yeah, so we're super pumped uh, to to talk to her about her book. So here we go.
3: Further 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 up
2: in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hillary, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. So we, happy to be
3: talking
4: to you today.
1: We are so excited to have you on the podcast. For the 47th <laughs> <Sure>. time. Yes. <laughs>
4: I, mean, I, think... I thought it was I'm more than that. I'm... <laughs> it, it feels like more than that to you, doesn't
1: time? it? Is it the fifth or sixth time? No, fifth. Okay. I think it's fifth. The fifth yeah. time. Yeah, and it's all cool. been this this calendar year. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Oh, wait, serious? Yes. No, no, no. We
0: had her in December. I don't think so. Yes, yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Like the very last week of
1: December. Oh, you're right. It was mm-hmm. the the like the twenty eighth. Yep. So so pretty. Oh. a roll we'll call it called a rolling year. Rolling year. Yeah. Yes.
2: Holy, holy. You're a hit.
1: You're a hit amongst oh, the have. the pastard's oh. fandom. The fandom. And and some <laughs> other fandoms too. You're 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 a high flyer.
4: <laughs> oh my oh hello. Wow, look at that. I'm thrilled. And this is where it started. I think you guys were the first. I've done live radio before, but you were my first podcast. Oh, that's
2: so nice.
0: Well, yeah. we'll, we'll send a Christmas card to the three of us. Suck it, liturgists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Poor liturgists. We love the liturgists. <laughs> <laughs> we love them long time. Long time,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so we we definitely want to talk to you about your book, obviously. Chill. Uh, I you had, They I made a book that. out of that? <laughs> <laughs> um. So your book came out. Um, it is called "Mother's Daughters and Body Image."'m oh. I'm very it's very, very, very good book, Hillary. Oh I know you, I know, I know you, <laughs> Thank, thanks for being on the podcast I know you don't need my <laughs> approval, but you know you have it good job oh. you, you, you've gotta at some
0: point think of how weird it is that you got three bearded guys from Indiana to read a book called Mothers, Daughters and Body Image. <laughs>
4: It. You guys are so woke. It's perfect. Right? Yes. All, all literate on women's issues. It's perfect. It's, we are
0: nothing if not woke. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need an alarm um, clock because we're so woke. wow. That's a great joke, Michael. Really Can we good. move on to the
1: interview? <laughs> all right. So before we waste more more of her time, <laughs> oh, we should just do a whole episode where we just waste Hillary's time. <laughs> We do yes. every time she's on
4: here. Oh no.
1: Okay, so uh, um, I'm not
4: gonna laugh at a joke, but it doesn't mean I'm, my time is being wasted. <laughs> I won't. I, I that does not mean I will laugh at every joke, though.
1: So. so one thing oh. that's, that's really fascinating to us is yeah. uh, when people write books. Um, <laughs> they obviously.
4: What is it that's fascinating about that? Well,
1: it, it's. I mean, it's. I didn't wake up this morning and think I, I'm gonna write a book. But at some point you woke up and you thought, hey, I need to write a book. So mm-hmm. what prompted you to write the book? What was your inspiration?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, I have a, a bit of a soapbox with this one. It has to do with the way that we in academia, so in, in research, collect information about Human experience about life, about mental health, particularly in the field of psychology. We have all this information about what makes people thrive and what gets in the way of well being. And then we seem to keep it all to ourselves. Like all of the information sits in these academic journals that are in libraries and online sources that nobody can access unless you're part of an academic community. And it's very um, disempowering for people who could actually utilize that information to change their lives. So what I had said, and this is largely informed by my um, paradigm, my research paradigm, Uh, from a feminist perspective, what we want to try and do is give information away, give power away, is a way of saying we're not going to create this hierarchy between the knowers and the not knowers where I am outside of a community of people but I know so much about that community and I know how to make them well or not well, and I'm going to keep that knowledge all to myself. So it's actually very political and very feminist to say, um, I'm going to research a population of people, and then I'm going to give that information away so that as many people as possible can benefit from it. So in doing my master's research, what I decided from the beginning is that it was not going to be a however many hundred page document that sits on my shelf or in a library or on, you know, on the internet, that I want it to be something that is in the hands of people so that their lives can be improved. That's so awesome. really it was from the beginning I had said, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I want to do something that I can give back to people so that I'm not using this to, to add to my credentials, but <laughs> not actually in turn benefiting people who could benefit from it. So it was always meant to be something that was returned to the community, but I didn't know and uh, I don't know if it'd be this year or in 10 years or if it would be in the form of a workshop or whatever. So,
2: yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: So that's actually one thing about the book I kind of was I was I don't know if surprised is the right word. When we've had you on the podcast. You you talk very, a lot of times very academic, you use a lot of academic terms as far as psychology and that kind of stuff. I was actually right. really, yeah. um, surprised, I guess, surprised and I thought it was great that the book wasn't super academic. I think I expected it right. to be kind of yeah. like a, almost like you're reading a psychology textbook and it was very down right. to earth and yeah. I, thought, I really appreciated that about the book.
1: Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. of, lot of stories and a lot yeah. of research went into it and it's very well thought out and and planned pretty methodically. Right. But also that it's something that anybody can read and understand, which was nice. Yeah. And that's,
4: that's the point is that again, we can create hierarchies of power by saying certain language creates a barrier where you become a not knower and I become a knower and that can be a way that we create, um, class division. Mm. So creating knowledge that is, um, both useful for people and returning it to them, but returning it to them in a way that's accessible to them in, their own language is, is an uh, an important thing. And often I find that it's very hard as an academic to, to, to code switch because there are stories or languages that we can use words, vocabulary that we can use in academia that nobody, nobody uses ways of writing that are just so boring and inaccessible, but do, do the trick when it comes to academic writing and research reports. But what's the point of doing that if it, if it doesn't, um, if it's too tough to chew on or if it becomes inaccessible. So the point always was to, to make sure that people didn't have to overcome extra barriers to access the information. And that's a, what it's, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that really, um, points to that in the research, but you wouldn't know that if you hadn't read my original thesis document, but generally what you do is you create a, a research question and the question guides the research process. And my research question was something like, um, looking at the processes of intergenerational dyadic, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like really, like, so nobody talks like that. And so <laughs> as a political endeavor, I said, I want to make my research question. I want to also have a lay version of my research question so that anyone could pick up this document and understand what on earth I'm trying to do. And so right from the beginning, I said, I, I don't want this to be a thing that people are interested in, but can't access because it's written in a totally different language. Mm. So I'm, I'm super glad to hear that it it was accessible in that yes. way.
1: Yeah, for yes. sure. Um, so obviously we're three dudes with, with beards sitting around a table, um, uh, mm-hmm. hanging out, drinking beer, um, <laughs> and whiskey and whiskey. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> your, your book focuses on the relationship between mothers and daughters. We are neither mothers nor mm-hmm. daughters. Um, mm. but could you, but I, I found it very insightful looking into like, my mom looking into my wife and her mom, and in mm. my wife and and our daughter, and right. seeing that relationship was very enlightening for me. Could you could you talk a little bit about uh, what makes the the mother daughter dynamic unique?
4: There's a woman named Nancy Chodorow who was a, one of our first feminist psychologists, and many decades ago looked at the relationship between mothers and their children, because mothers have been for a very long time primary caregivers. And what Nancy Chotaro suggested was that in the primary caregiver relationship, lots of messages are communicated about gender and about relationship. So what she hypothesized is that because girls identify with their mothers in terms of seeing that their bodies are similar, that they learn to associate with other people through the lens of relationality or sameness. So commune community communing with i am like you and seeing seeing likeness
2: yeah
4: and what she also said was that boys because they're often raised by their mothers see the other see women as different so they identify this feeds into all sorts of work that came later um through psychologist carol gilligan's work about um, her theory of moral development and how women often make choices and determine what is right or wrong based on a sense of preserving relational closeness. Mm -hmm. Whereas boys and men make decisions about what's right and wrong based on what we would consider to be like objective morality or individual sense of rightness or sense of justice, an Mm -hmm. ethic of justice versus an ethic of care. And so all of this has to do with these These stories that were told about what it means to be a woman and how that is lived out by what we actually see are the women around us. So there's some really interesting theories about why it is that um, moms have such a particularly significant relationship on girls and their development of their sense of identity. But Nancy Chodorow, even though it was decades ago, yeah, had had some really interesting things to say about girls seeing themselves, as an extension of their mothers, especially when they're growing up, girls being able to see themselves as, um, a, a not fully developed woman, but the mm. model of woman is their mother. Mm. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Very cool. So
4: yeah, some really interesting thoughts about that. Yeah.
0: Given, so given the, the generational nature of the, the mother daughter dynamic in relationship, mm-hmm. um, Sort of in terms of gender, you know, in, in terms of equality with gender roles, society's changed quite a bit, you know, in the last generation too. Right. And obviously there's a, a ton of work that still needs to be done. Um, yeah. Do do daughters play a role? And I feel like you talk about this in the book, so I'm. Or at least, at least that dynamic came up a little bit in some of the, I guess, case, right. case studies. Would that be the word for it? Sure. Um, yeah. Or okay.
4: the yeah the participant narrative. Yeah. The, the interviews and stuff. Or that you, you yeah. Call it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do daughters play a role in freeing their mothers from the expectations mm. that their own mothers placed on them?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've had the pleasure of talking about this a few times recently, and so I smile when you say that because it seems <laughs> like there is. There is this bi-directional freedom that happens when a lot of um a lot of times mothers fight hard to make sure that their daughters don't suffer the way that they did. So they do their work to kind of clean up their lives and say, I'm never, you know, if my mother hit me, I'm never gonna hit my kids. And in doing so, they they work really hard to not hurt their kids the way that they were hurt, but then they gift their kids with other wounds, right? Because they're working (laughs) really hard to not hit their kid and but they don't realize that, you know, their kid has anxiety and they don't know how to attend to it or whatever it is. So what we see is that parents gift their kids with certain freedoms. And then those kids actually learn about the world in a way that's different than their own parents did, but then they can return that knowledge back to their parents. And, and often parents are those of, I know all three of you have kids that mm-hmm. when you think about parenting, think of how much your kids teach you.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: Right when you have kids and they they are excited about snow for the first time, or, you know, they have never tried a certain kind of food and they taste it and their eyes fill with wonder, that there is something miraculous about seeing the world through the eyes of your child, both in, in the innocence, but also when your kids grow up and they start to have their own ideas about the world and can say, you know, mom your or dad, your idea is really outdated. And that might've made a lot of sense when you were in your twenties and thirties, but now we see the world differently. And so you actually you are gifted in turn with the insights and the freedoms that you give your children that they can come back to you. And in that, in that process you win by staying in relationship with people and staying open and allowing what they're learning to influence who you are. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, I kind of experienced that a little bit of our, uh, our Thanksgiving breakdown, uh, with Beth's family. We were, eating, yeah? we were eating sushi on our last day, which I, love sushi. I'll just put that out there now. Um hard and, mess. I know, Michael. Um <laughs> so we were uh, my my <laughs> oldest, Lenny, or Elijah. Um, yeah. his actual name is Elijah, not Lenny. Um <laughs> no it okay. <one> isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> okay it's Lenny. Um he was sitting next to a a relative and I overheard him asking him about net neutrality <laughs> and what he thought <laughs> and what he thought of it. So I talked <laughs> to him later about it, and he's like <laughs> I was like you realize that he's full of crap, right? And like, Elijah was like, Oh yeah, totally. Like he's totally wrong. Uh-huh. So like he had his own thoughts. I he and I've never sat and talked right. about that. I mean, he's asked questions about stuff, but he's just picked up stuff just for being in a relationship with me. And I was really struck by that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So let me let me mm, ask, so so let me ask this. In yeah, yeah. so so talking about relationships, let's talk about screwing our kids up. Um, sure, because yeah, I had a question the, <laughs> about that. Yeah, too, okay. Actually. So the the book actually, like as I'm reading, like it produced like a mild anxiety in me a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not blaming mm-hmm. you. I'm not throwing this in your face, mm-hmm. saying, "Damn you, Hillary." Mm-hmm. I am sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, the, that I that I at some point I've seriously like fucked up my kids, and mm-hmm. because of you know whatever unresolved anger I might have or depression that I've had or whatever has been going, mm-hmm. whatever mess my life has been. So even though the book wasn't written for specifically for me as a, as a father, it still brought to the surface a lot of stuff that made me wonder how badly I've messed up my kids' outlooks on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've never come out and said, you're fat or you're ugly or you're stupid. I mean, right. we've never done anything like that. But a lot of the things in the book were like little, a lot of the examples that were given were almost like unintentional things yeah. that people had done. And so yeah. so how do you go about either, I guess,
1: identifying and sort of even repairing the damage mm-hmm. that you might have done from these mistakes. I, I yeah. read in a book once that um, somebody said, I think it was Hillary McBride. She said something to the effect <laughs> of um, that, that basically it's it's also what you don't say that yeah. can sometimes. Yeah, right. Not to steal your answer, Hillary, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And remember the premise of the book, and remember the stories about the women. Which is that I looked for young women who love their bodies. And what I found was a bunch of young women who love their bodies and moms who didn't necessarily feel the same way. So there's hope written into the whole the premise of the book, which is that as parents, you can really carry a ton of wounds and in some ways your kids are probably gonna be okay too. That it's not as reductive or prescriptive to say Just because you were angry, you're going to have an angry kid. Things are more complex than that. And so what I'll say is that there is something very transformative about a parent who owns their mistakes Mm. because every parent makes mistakes and every parent will hurt their child it's sad to say, but you're going to give your kids some wounds. And if you do a good job, you're going to make sure that those wounds aren't the same ones that you were given and that you also teach them how to ask for help and talk about how they feel and navigate a world which is beautiful and scary all at the same time. So you don't have to be a perfect parent. And I want to take that off the table, that that's not even something we need to shoot for. But you can be a parent who teaches them to own their mistakes by modeling that to them which means that when you hurt them or when you realize down the road that you hurt them that you go to them and you say hey I want to talk to you about something that I did and that it wasn't okay and that you deserve better than what I was able to give you and I wish that I could know that at that time but I know it now and I'm sorry I didn't know it sooner but if you're ever feeling like you are struggling with the fact that that happened at all I want you to come talk to me about it and I'm going to say I'm sorry every single time.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, Yeah, you don't. And that's actually surprisingly. I won't say easier to do than I thought it would be because I've apologized to both my kids. Like, yeah, me too. Because you just you just you realize that you've really jacked, I did it, like jacked it up two badly. nights ago. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do it on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's and it's you try to say like I just I make mistakes. It's the best. Yeah, I, we're all we're mom and I are just guessing. <laughs> like yeah. parenting is literally just a guessing game, and you just you try to do it better the next day than you did the day before, and that's what yeah. you can do.
4: Yeah. And I think that means that we also, though, have to really be present in our lives and think about the things that we're saying and we're doing and the impact that they have on other people. Mm-hmm. We both have the responsibility to do our best for those around us, those that we love and those who come after us. But we don't have to do it perfectly. And those are both true at the same time. I had I was speaking at an event recently where um, slides was moms are important and parents are extremely important in terms of shaping the development of their kids. And, you know, they are essential in being gatekeepers around mental health. And then the next slide said something like, but we need to move away from mother blaming and saying that, you know, just because a kid is hurting doesn't necessarily mean that their parents are horrific people. And the woman looked at those slides and said that those seem like they don't make sense to me. And the analogy that I used is, you know, pardon f- for those people who are extremely um, perhaps conservative in their faith. This might be offensive. But to say, like, they're not we, listening, we can Hillary. say, they're not. OK, good. Yeah, they listen to other podcasts. <laughs> yes. They're the listening they are so They listen to liturgists. Yeah. Oh, oh, good.
0: Okay.
4: <laughs> that, that we might say, like, we we can believe that God is important. But if bad things happen, we don't necessarily blame God exclusively, mm. that there's more going on. And so if you think about that model of parenting, that there's like somebody who's there, who's important, who makes sense of our world for us, but if something goes wrong, it doesn't mean that that person alone is, is exclusively responsible. There's often a whole very complex system that keeps the suffering um, ingrained in a family or in a person. And, and so we don't necessarily need to say that if, if a kid is hurting or develops anxiety that, that, you know, the mom or the dad is single handedly to blame exclusively. And it was that one time when they said that thing about whatever the thing was like life, life is more complex than that. And there is such a thing as being a good enough parent. There's such a thing as being most of the time, the best version that you can be of yourself and the rest of the time when you make mistakes, you take ownership for it. And that actually is a, an important lesson about being an adult and owning your stuff and saying you're sorry to people. That's that's just as important in parenting as doing it right the first time.
0: And that seems to be a, a dying uh, trait. <laughs> Yeah, especially here in America. Yes, <laughs> of just taking ownership yeah. for even like just saying, "Oh yeah, I messed that up." Oh, I did that. that. I didn't do. Mean. Yeah, you, we immediately just go, "No, I didn't do that. That was somebody else who yeah. did that." And I, I think that just seems like a dying trait. We need to revive that yeah. badly.
4: Yeah, you know what's interesting about about that process is my my mom. I let her read the book before it went to press um, because we had m- many conversations about about our relationship and what, um, how she felt about what was going on with us and what I could write about and all sorts of stuff. And really wanted to make sure that I honored a sense of safety between us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And I mean, we had lots of conversations about that and I asked for basically for her permission to write whatever I wanted to write and she gave it to me. Um, but she read the book while she was on vacation and came home and basically drove over to my place immediately. And, and we started <sighs> talking and she started saying she was sorry I'm sorry for this and I'm sorry for this and I'm sorry for this and what was that like for you and I wish I could have done this differently and I'm sorry and here's what was going on for me here and I wish that I could have told you that then and it was this really beautiful thing of being able to get some repair some healing on wounds that we have both carried for a very long time Mm -hmm. but it came on the heels of me talking about my story not not from a of wanting to um, punish her or punish anybody but really just saying like here's some of the pain that I carry and this is what was going on for me and it felt so healing for me to be the daughter to be the recipient in a relationship where often there's a power hierarchy hierarchy where the parent is always right to have my mom say to me basically um you know, without any strings attached, I am so sorry for all of the ways that I've hurt you and here specifically and here specifically. And to be the kid hearing that as, you know, an adult child, it meant everything to me and it's created so much more safety. And so I can think if, if you start doing that young, then you don't have to go so long. Your kids don't have to go so long with all that pain. Um, yeah.
1: I'm excited to hear. Um, and and I, I, think, as as your book is out there longer and longer, I'm excited to hear stories of people who gave the book to their mom, and oh. kind of those those conversations and those kind of uh, reactions. Because I I I think you were very um you you were good to your mom in the book, mm. not in in fair and and I, it's like as far I I didn't feel like you had crossed any line, but I yeah. I feel like this is a book that is kind of a loaded gun Sometimes, so like yep. you've got a yep. lot of there's a lot of like this isn't just a book you hand to your mom and say here you go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's stuff <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> Santa is giving this to you with a motive. Yes,
1: that's like, right. <laughs> but 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 I I think it can be. I want to hear the stories like post mm. you know post Christmas whenever people have given this book <laughs> to their mom. Available yeah. on Amazon.com. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs>
4: Yes. Yeah. We'll post the link yeah. in the show notes. You know, I've heard a lot of people say so far, um, I reading your book or reading the epilogue, I heard things that I've n- never heard, but needed to hear. And I'm sitting here in the doctor's office weeping, or, you know, I, I told my friends and we've been crying together reading it, but I haven't heard as much about the conversations with moms that have happened or conversations with daughters that are happened, have happened. So I too am curious that about what happens when people read this and then they take it to their families and maybe it's not you know read this book but maybe it's hey I'm wondering I'm wondering how you felt about your body growing up and if you ever tried to hide that from me to protect me or if there was something about being a woman that you wanted me to know and it was scary to talk about it and so you didn't like those conversations are valuable too it doesn't always need to be um weeping together in a repairing of wounds or yeah. confrontations. Sometimes it can just be, I wish we would have talked about this more. Yeah, And I want to get to know you now.
1: Yeah. I, I want to hear this story. So if anybody has this, <laughs> has shared this book with their mother, hit us up on social media and we'll, we'll, we'll do a phone interview with Hillary and we'll just all, we'll all talk about it. <laughs> yeah, post a video, right. post a video of it on YouTube
0: yes. of you and your mom crying. We want yes. to see it. So. We
1: want to see it. Um, so, in the book, you talk about how, as a therapist, one of the privileges—and I love that you said the word privilege—is um, mm-hmm. is, is that you is you get to see um, women of all ages and backgrounds be themselves without worrying yeah. what others think of them in their raw and most vulnerable forms. Could you talk about? the masks that we wear and what lies beneath kind of like talk about good masks and bad masks.
4: Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we, another way of saying it is that we all play roles um, in our life and I don't think that's a problematic thing. If I right now
1: cut out just a little on this bit.
4: podcast, oh, like I'm sorry, romantic you... wife,
1: could you go over that I'm again? Sorry. I'm so sorry. We, we lost you. Cut out <laughs> yeah, for yeah, a second. Yeah,
4: yeah no problem. Um, if on this podcast, the role that I was playing was um, romantic wife, it might not go well for the podcast because that's not an appropriate role for me to play while giving an interview about my book, yes, right? right? Yeah. And same if I'm in a clinical setting, if I play the role of, um, uh, you know, um, athlete, (laughs) it's going to be very hard for me to, uh, slow down and be present in my body and listen to what's going on for other people. And so there are different facets to who we are as a person. Mm -hmm. And some of those, those switches between roles are actually very adaptive. It's good for me to be in my therapist part when I'm at work, but it's not so helpful for me to be in my therapist part when I'm hanging out with my friends, because that means that I'm working and they're not getting to see a more present and authentic version or not authentic, but kind of a more raw version of me where I talk about my stuff too. So sometimes we can wear masks in a way that is actually really adaptive. But I think for the most part, a lot of women end up feeling like they have to pretend to be someone other than they are to feel lovable. And man, is this something that I hear from so many moms too. Um, Moms coming into my sessions and saying things like, you know, I just saw a mom leaving your office and she looks perfect. I bet there's no problem with her. I bet I'm the only one who's ever ever struggled Mm -hmm. with such a, such an issue and bound by confidentiality, what I can't say is you don't realize that she was in here talking about the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk to each other? Why don't you as women share the st- stories about what's hard and what's beautiful so that you don't feel so alone in it and like you're the only one? Because often what happens when we feel like we're the only one or when is that we feel shame about who we are? So we hide more of us to not feel the shame, but the more we hide, the less we feel like we're loved for who we really are. And so it becomes a circle that goes around and around and around and where we're constantly feeling like we have to hide ourselves, but then we're never feeling like we're loved. Huh. Because if we're hiding ourselves and people love the mask that we wear, then how do we ever know if they love us or the mask? So you can't actually ever take in the love that people give you about who you really are unless you're showing them who you really are.
2: Dang. so okay. we
4: get caught trying to earn our lovability but then we can't believe it because it's not really us oh, so it's yeah <laughs> right it's the worst
2: but
0: it, it kind of reminds me of something peter rollins says is we're all mm-hmm. walking propaganda posters
4: absolutely it, My know, husband says, go ahead
0: yeah he just says like basically the idea is that we're all putting on this front yeah. And that the goal is to do the work to where that what you're putting out there. I mean, and Jesus says a lot similarly about being. I mean, that's essentially what it means to be a hypocrite is somebody that's
2: right.
0: I mean, he basically you're you're acting. You're mm-hmm. you're yeah. putting forth this thing that you're not. The, yeah. And so the, the 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 tough thing, but the key to life is to do the work to what what you're putting out there is this mm-hmm. genuine you as possible.
4: Mm-hmm, Yeah. yeah. My husband says something similar. He says, every time you meet someone, you meet their representative. Oh, yeah, you meet good. the person. Yeah, he um, – so sometimes he'll call me on it if I'm out somewhere, and he can tell I'm really, like, putting on a show. He'll say, like, oh, your representative was out in full force tonight. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> maybe like, maybe oh, next time no. you and I – maybe you, you and I can go to dinner next time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You're, <laughs> uh, you're
0: like, What's you know what? I didn't marry you to be, like, talked right. to like that. Look, who, who's the down therapist down here, down here down
4: sir? Right. Right. Most, mostly him in the marriage. (laughs) It's it's funny because he'll say things the other way around. Like, you know what? I I like it when you, you know, when you're a little bit more rough around the edges or something like that. Like it's, it's okay to let people see real you. So often when he's saying the representative piece, he's saying, but I I like the, the non-performing side of you better. Yeah. That's. That's more real. That's more you. So, so I mean, that's when, you really, when you
0: when you get off of a Skype call with us, it's just a string of f words. You just scream <laughs> into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> she just grabs a bottle of Jack and just pounds yeah, it. It's just, yeah, it's that's over. Right. Yeah. Evening real. is over. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> got, yeah. uh, so let me. You talk a lot about in the uh, in the book about the sort of the game of maintaining, you know, the ideal, the cultural ideal, yeah. and that, that women need to quit it. <laughs> So I guess the, I guess the multi-layer question here is how do you, first, how do you quit the game? Uh, yeah. you know, what are some steps that women can take? I mean, we have a gazillion women, that, not gazillion, but a lot of women, that listen dozens to this podcast, of women, dozens of women listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, what can they take? You know, just some easy steps, you know, some free therapy, basically some easy steps to take to sort of start down that path. And then what can, what can we as men and husbands do to help?
4: Well, what I'll say is I'm not going to restrict this answer to just women because I think there's so many men, like you sure. talked about before on the podcast, who struggle with their, their body image and their experience of themselves as well. So let's put this out there for all people cool. and for all partners. Um, I think that for us to not play the game, the appearance management, um, attaining the ideal game, what we need to do is find a story that is more life-giving for us and then find people who can support us to live that story out And so for me, a big part of my recovery from eating disorders and moving away from very dysfunctional perspectives of myself and my body and food was to actually become really involved in the feminist movement because there was women of all sizes and shapes who and sexual orientations and socioeconomic statuses that could say, here are all of the different ways to be a woman in a body. And so it gave me so many more options besides a singular and unattainable ideal. Mm. So if you surround yourself with bodies and people who are different than you, then it reminds you that there are so many other good ways just to be. And then I think we need to be really careful about the media that we interact with and the media we consume. Is this like... Is this image that I'm seeing is that the ideal for me? And if it's not, can I think critically about it? And if it is, can I think about what I want to learn from it? So, am I looking at magazines or watching TV shows, or do I follow social media accounts which end up making me feel like my body is a very unsafe to be unsafe place to be? Or am I following social media accounts and watching um, watching content that actually reminds me that that it's okay for me to be me in the body that I'm in? So you can ask yourself that question and if something the answer to that question is this makes me feel worse about myself, don't do it. Take it like unfollow those accounts, get rid of them. Yeah, you don't right. need them in your life. Yeah, you So actually Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, just we we can think critically about the media that we consume and we can make conscious choices about what kind of messages we take in that then shape the story that we have about ourselves.
1: Okay. So um my, my next question was actually about the boundaries in, in media. So um, yeah. in in the book, you talk about the role of media in our lives and, and suggest putting up boundaries. What are some boundaries you would suggest? And are are all boundaries the same for everyone?
4: No. And I, I think there's a the temptation to say, like, if something feels scary, let's run away from it, um, especially when you want to protect your kids. But there comes a certain point when you can actually interact with certain media with your kids as a way of helping them learn to think critically about things. Yes. So sitting with them, this is something that's called co-viewing. That's the very like sterile academic term. But you sit with your kids and you watch shows with them. And you interact with them and you say like, whoa, there's only white people in this show. That's weird. <laughs> right? Or you Oh, say, there's like, only white
0: people. That's standard. <laughs>
4: that's unfortunate. And yes, like, very oh, much so. I wonder what I wonder what it would be like if there was other kinds of, you know, ethnicities on this show. And what do you think that does to us? Like you're just watching the show and on the commercial break you're like, "Whoa." What do you think that does to us when we only see a certain kind of body? What do, what do you think that does when we only see a certain kind of sexual interaction on TV? So the viewing needs to be appropriately um, selected for their developmental trajectory and where they're at. You don't show really intense graphic stuff to kids, but you can expose your kids to things, but have conversations with them about it. I have a, a woman I've been working with recently who found out that her son was looking at porn because someone in he's, he's not yet in high school. Someone in his class, um, was showing it to him. And there was, I think there was a sense of belonging there too, that he really wanted to be a part of something. Huh. And so she said to her partner, um, his dad, why don't you, why don't you go look at some porn with him? Oh, shit. Why don't you sit down and Google search some porn or whatever and look at those images and then pull up another browser with, you know, average female body 30 in America or something and look at that browser and compare them and then have a conversation about what kind of images you're seeing. And what is that going to do to you? And if you look at that one all the time, what's going to happen when you see this other one?
3: Yeah.
4: And you're going to do when you actually fall in love with someone, but she doesn't look like that other image. And, and so we need to be responsible with our media viewing, not just with girls, but also with boys for how they feel about themselves, but also what kind of female body they think is normal and desirable.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
4: So I think as, as um, we need to teach our kids to take personal responsibility for what they consume. Instead of saying, you can't you can't watch that, say, let's talk about why you shouldn't do that and how yeah. it's going to hurt you and what are some of the choices that you can make to still feel like you know what to talk to your friends about at school, but so that you're not damaging yourself or your relationships with people. And then I think for spouses, it's really important to... Um, to be really clear about what you desire about the other person. Mm -hmm. So if someone is wearing a very particular, um, uh, they're, they're dressed in a particular style or they're wearing something that is, looks a particular way. I think it's important to communicate that you're attracted to someone, but not necessarily that that's the only thing that makes them desirable to you. And if you only think that your partner, uh, um, a woman or a man or whoever it is, is desirable if they lose a little bit of weight or if they look like a porn star or if they are um, really objectifying themselves and maybe you need to do some work about what you value about people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Preach. Yeah. yeah. If you can't watch porn with your dad, you probably shouldn't be watching it anyway. <laughs>
4: And remember, like, this really? is not watching porn with your dad as in like, oh, dad, let's go masturbate together to go yeah, watch this. Uh, yeah, let's not active. do that.
0: Well, I was going to.
4: No, not that. Like, OK, this is like, so your friend showed you porn. OK, so let's look at let's actually have a conversation yes, about this right. together.
0: Not to mention, if my dad would have done that, would have been the ultimate boner killer. Never would have looked oh. at porn again.
4: There you go. <laughs> That's, that's how we the stop way. the porn epidemic. That's how we do sons. it. Watch
0: it with your father. It will put oh, you off forever. Sheesh. Oh,
2: well, God.
4: Your mom, I think what's fascinating about this one woman that I was talking about is she also had that conversation with her son and said, let's look at it together. Oh, my and God. And do I look like that? No. Do Do you think that I should look like that? No, that's not how women look. This is my body and this is how a woman looks. And so – remember that if you decide that that's the only thing that's attractive to you, then you're probably never going to be in a relationship with a human woman.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) I don't really know where to go from there. Um, (laughs) so so let me, let me ask this question since we have a lot of male listeners and we've covered some, some, because I, like I said, we, we all three found out so much in this book too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That, that spoke to us even though the book wasn't written specifically for men. One of the studies, one of the interviews with a, the the woman named Becky, she talked about the usefulness and functionality of women's bodies. Which, I mean, they literally grow, can grow a human being inside themselves. I mean that, like, if that doesn't blow your mind, I'm not sure what will. Um, not only can they grow a human being, but then they can feed it and 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 care for it, like straight from mm-hmm. themselves. Like it's, and not just even motherhood like that, but just there's there's so many things a woman's body can do. Mm-hmm. Is, is there? <laughs> It's going to sound like a really sexist question. I don't mean it this way. Huh. Is is there a male corollary to that? Like, have you talked to men at all and sort of asked the question? Like, in the book, you say women's bodies are. You ask that question to these interviewees. Yeah. Is there, yeah. is, have you talked to men, like men. men's bodies are, and what responses have you got <laughs> mm-hmm. from that? Mm-hmm. Throbbing and grotesque.
4: <laughs> well, what do you, like, let's answer to the question now. Like, what would you say to that? Oh, gosh. Men's bodies are... See, Don't give me the right answer. We're, say the we're interviewing thing. you, not the <laughs> other <laughs> way around. Sorry,
1: I was, was going to say. I think we already covered this last episode, but our our Wonderland. There, yes, yeah, we, we covered I, that
2: last time.
0: I mean, my my initial reaction is is strong, but but I think that's probably culturally conditioned. I mean, we're culturally conditioned sure. to think men are just stronger, and I mean, I'm sure there's mm. some. I mean, there's some physical truth to that. Dudes are generally bigger. Not. I think our wives are, could kick all of our asses. No, there's no argument there. I'm not arguing that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's my initial reaction is, yeah. is strong, we're supposed to be protectors. But I think all of that has been sort of just ground into my head throughout the years that that's what men are.
4: Well, the ultimate litmus test would be if I said to you women's bodies are and you said something other than strong, then we know that that would be a gendered answer. Yeah. But if it was just that bodies are strong, that they can do pretty incredible things Right just by being alive and surviving in this world, then, then I think that that's a really healthy answer to say strong. But if that's just about men and masculinity, then what about the men who aren't strong? Right? So we need to be careful about how do we answer that question differently. And I do that in the book too. I say, well, women's bodies are, but then I also ask women, my body is. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that sometimes they answer those questions differently. So women will say things like, well, women's bodies are beautiful and different and magical and just beautiful, right as they are. But then I say, and your body is, and we'll say broken, defective, Mm -hmm. um, not good enough. And so sometimes we have two different stories. We have the story that we want to believe, and then the story that we actually do believe. And I think that goes both for ourselves, um, for women and men, um, for, yeah, the way we see others compared, compared to ourselves, yeah, so it's um, I haven't asked men specifically in an empirical and academic yeah. context to answer that question, and that ultimately would be that's a book that I'm hoping to write in the future because the more I speak about body image, the more men say, "Well, what about me?" and and that mm-hmm. feels like I'm I'm not allowed to talk about that because that's supposed to be a woman's issue. So that's probably yeah. one of my future books to do awesome. some research on that. Yeah,
0: we'll have a yeah. podcast for that too.
4: Nice. Well, there you go. Oh, so yeah, I, it's
0: interesting. You know that question. your know, women's bodies are you going yeah. through what Beth and I are going through specifically what my wife is going through with cancer. Yeah. It's yeah. like strong, strong would be the word I would use. I mean, to, to watch mm-hmm. her, I mean, it, you know, it's only going through one chemo treatment, her hair starting to come out and so it's getting, yeah. it's just getting really real. And so, yeah. but to watch her like go through that and then like to go right back to doing whatever she was doing,
2: you know, with the mm-hmm. occasional
0: half hour nap just to regain some energy. And then she pops right back up and is back to doing whatever it's, it's unbelievable to watch like it, mm. like it. I, I thought about that recently, just the, like a new definition of what strong means. And I know we use the, yeah, you know, the, we put a person's name and the tag strong on the end of it for a hashtag, you know, Beth strong or whatever, but like sure. it, it, it legitimately yeah. is. I mean, that's, there's just like this whole new depth and level of strength that, I, that she has
2: yeah.
0: that I sort of knew was there, but have never really appreciated until now. And it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty, been pretty unbelievable to watch. So yeah.
4: Wow. Wow. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's a really cool thing that your, your understanding of bodies is changing, watching her yes. um, struggle and, and persevere.
0: Yeah. And, and body, I mean, body image is kind of a thing. Like she, she doesn't feel attractive. She doesn't, you know, her hair's yeah. coming out and all that. And, you know, it's yeah. like all this skin's breaking out and it's just all this stuff. And it's, and, I, you, and the difficulty is trying to figure out how to tell her that nothing has changed in how I feel about her unless it's gotten yeah. stronger. I mean, it's just.
4: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I, I don't know how to tell her other than that and how to make her believe that. But it's um, it's not my therapy session, I guess. But you, you mm. guys got your therapy <laughs> sessions. I'll get mine. So I don't know it's just it's just been interesting the the last few weeks to sort of witness a change in sort of how I've viewed her and um yeah and how we've interacted with stuff like that so anyway okay I'm done now
4: And I think you no know, can I add I'll add one thing to that yeah. though is like I think that often when we meet someone we're attracted to them because of how they look but also the mystery and the excitement of getting to know someone and be loved yeah. by someone. But over time, when you journey through life together, one of the things that's attractive is seeing how people deal with difficulties, how they encounter suffering when they do the right thing, when they act with integrity, when they accomplish something. And attraction and a sense of wonder are actually um, very overlapping. I think that there is so much similarity in terms of how we, how we respond to these emotions and how they well up within us that we can have wonder at, at someone's experience or, yeah. or wonder alongside someone and just like jaw dropped thinking like, Whoa, you are magnificent. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that, that is a better way of looking at all human beings. You're alive. Like mm. that's crazy. You're alive. <laughs> and wow, there are so many things that had to go right for you to be here in any moment. That car that almost hit you earlier today had to stop. The, you know, the disease that you had when you were a kid had to get cured. The, whatever it is. Like, it's yeah. pretty amazing that we're here as people. And I think having that perspective of bodies, that they're just walking miracles, that life is this walking miracle, is a much healthier way of looking at our bodies than just evaluating our appearance, than just looking at if what we look like measures up. So I think saying to Beth, I, I am in awe of you, Yeah. not just like your appearance is just one part of who you are and it will change and it will change back. And that is something that we'll navigate together because it is hard to negotiate what it's like to associate with yourself with an appearance and then see something different in the mirror that is weird for mm-hmm. you. And yep. it might be weird for other people who see you, but that is not the only thing about you that I've ever found valuable. And so there is so much more that we that we have than just me liking what your hair looked like
2: yeah it's awesome
4: i think that to go back to your comment about um about being able to birth that there is something really miraculous for women about the potential of being able to sure to bear life and that is a really tremendous thing that is being that it's so hard to have that conversation with us. We want to reduce women to value based on their fertility. And so it can be very, very difficult, particularly for people who felt like their identity as a mother or the potential of becoming a mother was very important for them when they go through menopause. Mm. And the loss of that fertility and the possibility of bearing children is, is done then, then who I am, who am I? And there's actually some real. Really misogynistic literature that came out in the 50s and 60s about women's bodies after and during menopause just being like useless hunks of flesh oh that are like man. male bodies that are have served their purpose and should die. Just horrific stuff. I
0: didn't realize Mark Driscoll was that old. <laughs> he had written books all the way back then. What a rim shot.
1: <laughs> uh, or Mark Driscoll. So, no. Uh, so <laughs> there's. The no.
2: You
4: really. No. So there's. Um, yeah, it's important to say that, like, as women, that is one of the really incredible things that that we have the potential for. It won't be realized for all women by choice or by limitation, difficulties with fertility or not having a partner or, you know, whatever the story is. But I think what we can say is that anybody is amazing, regardless if it's female or male, because it exists. And what you know, like, is when you think about all of the the things that have to go right for a baby to be born, for a body to exist, and for everything to happen as it needs to happen so that everyone has every finger and every toe. It's pretty amazing. And so I think this comes back to just having a sense of wonder about life. Not you you are valuable and women's bodies are amazing because they're beautiful and because they can bear life, but just because, because we're alive and life is a really sacred and precious thing regardless of what form it comes in.
0: Amen to that. Yeah. Amen. Um, been like three times, we she was just into the podcast. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: so you guys are sweet. She's just mic dropping
1: all over the place. I know she's broken like eight mics already.
4: Eight. Oh, oh, I'll send you a check.
1: Sorry. <laughs> um, so the, back to the book. So there are, are some questions for reflection at the end of each chapter. You also have some activities outlined, uh, for putting into practice kind of what you are teaching in the book. um, oh. What is, what is your desire for those reading the book? What do you want them to take away from it?
4: Um, I want them to take away perhaps a sense of possibility that things can be different mm-hmm. for them moving forward, for others in their life, um, for the way that they think about themselves. It's about opening up a conversation to, to dream about a different way of moving forward Um, I think that that's probably it. I don't necessarily think that I want people to think about themselves in the exact same way that I do. I don't want people to become like, I I don't, I don't want the book or me to become another list of to do's, Yeah, you know, another way that you fail if you didn't do this perfectly, because that's just another form of perfectionism that instead of being directed at, Weight is directed inward, kind of at your inner life, or something like that. I think there is such a thing as having a dysfunctional perspective of health and wellness. So, what I think I want people to do is take some of the things that they've read, think about them, chew on them, see what actually would help their life feel more full and free and alive and connected to themselves and other people, and then find ways to live those things out. Yeah. And if there are things that you disagree with, then disagree with them. That's totally fine. Um, have conversations, think critically about my work, about your own life, about all of it, about your relationships, and, and then make choices about what you want to do differently moving forward.
0: And I think, that, I think you hit on something that you know, the, the Greeks gave us a lot of really good things, but one of the things that they gave us I don't think is so good is the idea of perfection, I, I mm, think, yeah. whereas the Hebrews, if you read Genesis 1, gave us the, right. I- the idea of good.
4: Good, exactly. Yeah, and,
0: and I think, and not good in the sense that of like a a, quali- you know, a quantitative measure, but just a quality of, of who you are in a life and just uh, a, an overall life perspective. And I yeah. think if we can get past the idea of some unattainable perfection, and whether it's physicality or um, a, an inter- interior life or some, some mm-hmm. emotional, like whatever that... It is you're shooting for. If we can give up the idea of perfection, we and, and strive for good and strive for quality, mm-hmm. then I yeah. think that changes a lot.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so with you. Like, I think there's a lot of people when we start talking about perfectionism and shame, and I introduce the concept of self-compassion and being gracious with themselves, then anytime they're not gracious with themselves, they beat beat themselves up and they're self-critical and shaming of themselves. And it's the exact same thing that they were always doing. So what we need to try and do is create um, perhaps a more balanced and forgiving way of existing Mm -hmm. with ourselves. And that means I don't necessarily think that it's a, it's a bad idea to um, to want to do things differently in your life, but if the way that you do things differently is through self-abuse, then I don't know how sustainable that is for you, and I don't know what kind of example that sets for the people who are watching you and how congruent it is. It, it seems perhaps quite incongruent to say, I'm going to become this loving and compassionate person, but the way I'm going to do it is through this very critical shaming inner dialogue.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's what Jesus, you know, we always quote, mm. quote Jesus when he quotes the Old Testament, says, love your neighbor, but there's a second part to that, as yourself. And, like, yeah, I actually wrote, we do uh, photo books for the boys every year. We've done this for, like, six, seven, eight years now. Photo books, just from the, photos from the past year for him for Christmas. Oh, beautiful. And we wrote, uh, I wrote, Jude, we don't write much in his, he doesn't care. Um, <laughs> but, like, my oldest, like, he, he loves these books. And he, so, we, Beth and I each wrote a message to him. And part of what I wrote was, that idea that you need to love yourself and live in the present moment because mm. it's all you're guaranteed. And so if you love yourself, yeah. you can better love other people. Oh yeah. If yeah, you forgive absolutely. yourself, you can better forgive other people. If you're gracious and compassionate yourself, you can do that for others as well. If you just self flagellate and you know beat yourself silly, then you can't you mm-hmm. have you have nothing
1: for anybody else.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So. Awesome. Do you have time well, for a so lightning I- round? Oh, oh yes, I do. We, I'm ha- excited. we haven't done one in quite a few episodes, I know, so. I know. Okay, we, I'm ready. Yes, but I, I, I had several questions based off the book that I had that I, I, that I wanted to, to to do a lightning round. So this is a lightning round specifically <laughs> crafted just for you. Oh my gosh! Um, I'm so
4: excited. I feel so special, so known, so loved.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, so first one. I know this is a judgment-free zone, but t- 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 tomato sandwiches, really? Wait, you don't oh. like a tomato sandwich? No.
4: What's a word? <laughs> is that a thing? Who eats <laughs> just tomato like, sandwiches? Looking around what I'm supposed to respond to these like judgmental statements?
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> <So> <laughs> they're all like this. You might as well just check. Do it. you
4: like do you like tomato no. sandwiches?
1: Is that is that something you regularly no. like?
4: No, I don't eat them much anymore. But I I find that sometimes when I'm going to go to like I need a snack, I'm like oh I've I've you know this is just a thing that's easy to do.
0: Yeah, like bread. a fresh, hardened tomato would yeah. be the f- would be fantastic on a sandwich.
1: No, it, but it's only tomato.
0: Okay, Just you're to okay with
4: that. Sometimes lettuce, salt and pepper.
0: Oh, I would eat the crap out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: You guys not are bad. weird. Throw, throw, some, throw some bacon on there and I'm all yeah. in. Give, give me some bacon and some cheese. <laughs> Take off the tomato. But We're good. Know,
4: I don't eat any of those things. I don't eat meat or cheese. <laughs> and so Michael, I'm limited. Michael, to Michael who eats 70% freedom.
0: of his uh, meals at Burger King is no, criticizing you okay. for eating a tomato. No, that's 70, I mean. 70% <laughs> of his meals at Travel Stops. <laughs> are you Are
4: you vegan? Uh, not anymore, but I was for a very long time. But oh. um, I developed a bunch of new allergies a few years ago, so I had to introduce eggs back into my diet and I eat a fish probably a few times a year now
1: okay um favorite kind of chai tea oh
4: my gosh I love that oh my gosh you know what I really love ones that are I could totally nerd out on you um spicy and sweet but I like the spicy I like it when it burns a little bit oh yeah so the hot ones something with a little bit of ginger but then the fish and the crease. (laughs) It's all fired up.
1: (laughs) Do you have like a specific brand that's your go-to brand, or do you like just switch it up all the time?
4: No, I had this um, really good one in Seattle last time I was there from an unknown coffee shop that someone bought for me, and it was the best. But I don't know where it came from, Uh so I'm gonna have to track that person down and and go find out. But it was the perfect amount of sweet and spicy. Oof,
1: that's awesome. Trouble. Um, so I, I need, you played <laughs> the, the violin, right? You you rock the violin. Are you there? Did we lose you? I do. Yes. I'm here. All right. Sweet. No, no, no. I'm but, here. but you did, you did play the, you, you played the violin. <laughs> you keep cutting out. Dang yeah. Mind.
4: That was why I went to university actually. Yes. With, um, scholarship for performance violin. Yeah. So yes. but
1: I had no idea that you played the guitar. That's what I do. And oh no. yeah! So, what, what's the first song you learned to play on the guitar?
4: Oh, uh, this is the best. Semi-charmed life. <laughs> I, I, <long. laughs> and I, think, I think, I think it. There's something in the song about crystal meth and going down on someone else yes. and I was like the yeah there certainly I was brother. yeah and I was so excited and I didn't know what any of those things were and I played it for my brother and he has since told me how hilarious it was in that moment because he wanted to be like I'm so proud of you like wow you're doing so well this is your first song you tie yourself and it's so great but also like don't no. you don't know don't think about that
0: <laughs> I thought you'd say Smoke <laughs> on the Water by Foghat, because that was pretty much everybody's first song. Everybody.
3: Of guitar. <laughs> no, I <laughs> do. What are we oh,
1: fighting yeah. for? <laughs> do you <laughs> sing, too?
4: I do, yeah. Oh, you know what I should do is like a bonus on this episode. I'll send you some stuff I've written and recorded. Holy crap. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. <laughs> send it to us. Please do. Okay. Absolutely.
4: I will. Yes. I will. Yeah. We need it. I played in a band for a little while and like went on tour for a little bit and played
1: Oh my goodness. Like we're learning something new about it.
4: I've uh, don't play <laughs> Oh
1: Oh, give me one second here. Yeah. Hold on a second. We... Sure. Our connection is poor for whatever reason. Oh
4: man, or maybe that's me, I don't know.
1: No, I think it's it's us. We had we've been having issues. Yeah. But you played okay. in a band for a while?
4: Yeah, like I've played and I I play gigs around the city and stuff. Um I have a few friends and we, we sometimes team up and have a little lineup together usually. Acoustic stuff and... This is a
1: current thing going, going
4: on. Um, I'm playing at a wedding in two weeks, and I played it one in the summer. But oh my goodness.
3: Yeah. Okay,
0: not so as much as I like can. So, Hillary's yeah. band, Sigmund Freud and the Leather Couches. Oh, my
3: gosh. <laughs> yes.
4: No, Nailed know, it. Kevin, my husband Kevin thinks my band should be called Panic Attack. And he thinks <laughs> it should be a, a feminist punk band. Yes. <laughs> So
2: great.
0: So wait. So if if you become big and go on tour, we volunteer to be roadies. Yeah. We can lift equipment.
1: For sure.
4: (laughs) You know, I think like the tour would dissolve very quickly into me just talking about phenomenology and how (laughs) magical it is to be alive for about – an hour. It's like 45
1: minutes of talking and then a song and then then another 45 minutes of talking to her. And
4: and
0: then you, and then you you just yelling to the three of us, stop drinking beer, remove this
1: equipment.
4: That's right. Yeah, that's it. You'll be the only three who will come.
2: It'll
1: be. What is your favorite roomie quote?
4: Roomie quote. Oh, um, you had
1: a few great ones throughout the book.
4: Um, I, the one that just came to mind was take off your mask. Your face is glorious.
1: Mm nice that
4: one yeah
1: all right uh last album you listen Ooh. to start to finish
4: oh um Derek Webb fingers crossed
1: ah, yeah, yeah so good
4: uh yeah Derek gifted that to me when we met recently and it was very thoughtful of him so I oh, I listened awesome. to it extensively and I, I listened to your episode that you did with him and it was so great it's so good
0: oh yeah so, it's we yeah have you, have you listened to his air the airing of grief yet
4: no, I haven't. Oh, no, you need to download to.
0: those immediately. There's only there's okay. only two of them so far. He's putting them out every
1: Sunday after church. First
4: Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> so yeah. good. They're so good. It's right. uncomfortable, but so glorious. Yeah. It really oh, is.
4: Oh, I can't wait. You it's Derek. So we love you, Derek.
1: Yeah. Derek, we love you long, Tim. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Um and um the best film you've seen in the last year.
4: Oh, um, The Work.
1: The Work. I don't think okay. I've heard of that one. Is that it Canadian? is a
4: documentary. No, it's a documentary about um, group therapy in the prison system oh. and at Folsom Prison. Oh, okay. and Was the prisoners there? who are there for life are trained to do group therapy, and people from the outside are invited in to come do group process work um, with them, and the prisoners lead the therapy, and it everybody gets inner healing. Wow. That's yeah. That's cool, a good film. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Is that yeah. on Netflix watch or
0: is it? Do you know? You
4: can iTunes. Oh, iTunes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Totally transformative film. You will just bring the tissues. Get yeah. ready.
1: Very cool. All right. Yeah. Where can people find you online and follow your work? Uh, Sigmund Ooh, Sigmund oh, yeah. Freud and the Leather Couches right. dot net.
4: Right. <laughs> That's right. Yes, absolutely. I should get that domain name for sure. <laughs> um, oh, I. I just thought of the other band name that I wanted to have for a while: Pit Stains.
1: Ah, perfect.
4: <laughs> These are all like weird feminist punk bands in my mind: Pit Stains, Panic <laughs> Attack, sigmund <laughs> Freud. Isn't that good? Wouldn't okay, you listen just, to that band? Yeah, I would, I would
0: listen to that. that. Yeah. That's great.
4: That's right. I think I would too. Um, So online hillarylmcbride dot com, and on Twitter at Hillary L. McBride on Instagram hillarylianna mcbride, and there's two L's in my first name.
1: Nice. That's it. All right, and we'll have, yeah. we'll have the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on.
4: Oh, well, I it's, just love you guys.
1: Thanks yeah. for we supporting love you my
4: work and for making a stay. Oh, yeah, no. It's
1: always, <laughs> always a delight to have you yes. on. So. Oh, Hopefully we'll oh, have you on eight pleasure. times next year.
4: Oh, only. Okay. We got to gotta,
1: like, beat the record. Yes.
2: Okay.
4: Okay, good.
0: Good. We got to stay ahead of the liturgists. So. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I got two episodes with them coming out soon. Oh, so.
2: oh right. goodness. They're catching up.
4: I know it's
1: true. <laughs> Shoot! Take care, of you guys. What? Uh, what? Uh, can I ask what the episode titles are?
4: Um, one is about sex, and the other one is the um, live recording from the uh, liturgist gathering in uh, Seattle, uh, okay. which I spoke at, which is shame. Awesome.
1: So so shame, sex shame, and is shame not. Shame is not awesome, but I mean, uh, that's awesome oh. that that they're going to release that.
4: It <laughs> is. Yes, oh, cool. for weeks before, I kept saying, I'm so excited. I get to talk about shame with all the people. My best – it's my dream Friday night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, Hillary.
4: Oh, Thank I you so much. You guys. Good right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. That was Hillary L McBride with Isaac by Bearsden I, covering that I, song. It was just beautiful, man. Yeah,
0: it really was. Just beautiful. so incredible. Yep. I think I actually felt my blood pressure lower. Yeah, for real. Like not even joking. Like, Put out an album, Sigmund yeah. Freud in the leather couches. Yep. I took.
1: I, I even if it's just you, Sigmund Freud in yeah, the leather couches. <laughs> sent her an email saying we we want a full album. Yes. So yep. we I don't definitely. Even care. It was just a bunch of covers. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Both. Geez, so good Yep So, so freaking good Alright, well let's go uh Let's do the thing Alright
3: Now that we've in your see You can tell us what you think The five stars get red
2: But one star is dead To us
1: Feedback. Feedback. Feedback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> feedback. I'm not doing this with him again. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, okay, so I know we same have bat I know we have people same that, Bat channel. I know we have people that left five stars, but they haven't showed up on iTunes yet. Yeah. However, we do have one from across the pond, our cousin from across the pond. Mm. Our cozzy. Um, <laughs> Good day, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Another shrimp, shrimp on, on the, the bobby. bobby.
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks for giving us a country.
2: Yeah. Sorry we, we kicked, kicked please, your ass. Please take it back. Oh, messages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this um, Okay. We're not doing this every I've week. I'm been you about this, <laughs> but uh, your grandson is out here shooting guns. <laughs> <laughs> shooting guns. <laughs>
0: it gets better every time I hear it. Um, this uh, is by reverend Sister. it be our friend, our uh, pub friend, uh, Fiona yeah, Apple. <laughs> no, not Fiona Apple. No. Fiona. She's Princess Fiona, she's not a criminal.
1: Fiona Guinness,
0: no, that's no. Ireland. She's not from Ireland, oh, she's same from England. Thing. Same thing, nope, sure. Isn't. No, it's not, it's two different. Oh, countries. yeah, she's it. from Manchester, and you're a dipshit. <laughs> God, it's called It's a Grower. does not have a football
1: team there?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, Fiona,
1: it's a grower. Is that what she said? Yeah, that's what it's called. Nice. It's a grower.
0: Uh, you know what that means? That means, man, I listened to this and what a shit pile. And somehow it's <laughs> roped me in. That's what that, that means. Uh. Uh, actually logged into iTunes for once, so I figured it's about time. I five-starred these gentlemen. Discovered the podcast when they randomly followed me on Twitter, which seems to be an emerging theme. I was unsure at first, as it seemed a bit blokey. But it soon... <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're not going to speak English, I mean... <laughs> But it soon grew, <laughs> it soon grew on me, and it turned out I seriously liked these gents enough enough to become part of the community they created through the podcast. If you have an open mind and a heart for communal good, check it out, Fiona. It definitely an open mind. Yeah. Uh, thanks, yeah, Fiona. The opener, to the better.
1: Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, if you've listened to this episode and you enjoyed it, um, do us a giant favor. Fa- favor. Do us a favor. Yep. And uh, get on iTunes. Which you're probably listening to it on anyway. It's so easy just to leave us a review. It helps uh, helps basically us get more notoriety inside the iTunes algorithm, so that if you listen to this, you might like that. Um, so yeah, give us a give us a five star review. We'll read it on the show and uh, don't just click five stars. Leave a little something yeah, so leave some words, some words so we can yep. read them and we'll talk about. Don't it. curse because Apple won't post it. Yep. Yeah, no cursing, no dick jokes. Um, yeah. Unless you, you know, talk about grin decks or something like that. Yeah you, to, you to, yeah, you have to use eat my grin deck. Really like that one. Yeah, that was, a, a, that was yeah. a good one. I say that quite frequently. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: said it tonight, actually, didn't you? Did I? No. No, you said it last week to Lucas after yeah. you told him to eat your dick.
1: Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. went in Rome, eat Went my, in England. Eat my
0: grin dick.
1: My green dick. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Something's wrong. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, if it's green, that's yeah, not something's great. Something's definitely wrong, Michael. Probably gonna get a shot for that.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. Where are we at? Don't I go don't chasing know. waterfalls. Feedback. Uh, Brad, Twitter. Yes. Uh top nine. Slow <laughs> <That's laughs> week on got Twitter this week. <laughs> Let's do the top sixty nine. Number number <laughs> number
0: sixty nine, Nathan Pratt at Natty Pratt. Natty Pratt, Natty Ice. Miscellaneous thoughts from Pastor's podcast last week. I grew up with prime rib and Yorkshire pudding on Thanksgiving, which that sounds awesome. Sounds good. Uh, Wicks By the way Yorkshire pudding Not pudding In case you're wondering What is it? It's like a We call them in, in America Popovers So it's like a big Friggin dough thing yeah. Like a I can't really describe them You put them in like a Over glorified muffin tin But they're deeper than a muffin Anyway Alright That's a Yorkshire pudding Alright deeper, um, deeper than a muffin tin Yeah <laughs> Same just, just like Michael's mom uh, Oh my god Oh <laughs> My God. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Now, that's for all the jokes. (laughs) That's for all the jokes you've made about Brad and I's mother. Thank you very much. Uh, Boy.
1: There's a lot lot of material with sweet, sweet Debbie. Can I finish this, please? Yeah. Go ahead. All right.
0: Wix has often advertised the state pie of Indiana on IU basketball radio broadcasts. Martinsville Internet Lucas shouldn't plug anything. <laughs> Hashtag something about that eel. There's just some number eight. About Paul Fodder Fodder barely didn't touched her. touch her.
1: What? Paul
0: Fodder didn't touch her. Barely knew her. Uh, at Pastor's Podcast, loved the last episode on climate change. Spent the last summer as an educator in Glacier National Park. And agree, our churches need to do a better job of not making it an us versus them topic. Mm-hmm. Most people who opposed it had had religious backgrounds. Because Christians are morons. He didn't say that. That's me. <laughs> Number <laughs> seven, Shane Landing at the Song of the Bow or Bow. Let's go Bow uh, at Pastors I Podcast. Just, I don't it's, care. It's Bow.
1: The Order of the Bow. Yeah,
0: the, uh, the Song of the Bow uh, at <laughs> Pastors Podcast. <laughs> just listen to episode ninety two. At uh, MJ Basinger, doesn't understand how lesbians get intimate. Uh, hashtag beating penises.
1: I told him I would do some research. It's called scissoring,
0: Michael. To... Look up scissoring. Don't look up scissoring, Michael. No. <laughs> oh. I'll ask my dad. We'll look oh, up and by the... <laughs> Oh, and by the way, I'm guessing actual lesbians don't do scissoring. All right. Uh, six, J. Marie Walker at Poly NMD Ranger. Hashtag weird dipping animal crackers dipped in grape juice at Pastor's Podcast. Mm. Do it,
1: yes.
0: Yeah. Nope. Communion. No, I think you answered that. I do animal did I? crackers. You were like we call, we just call it communion. I think is what you did said. did. I answer yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Man, I do not remember that doing that. I do like you were hashtag weird Huh? I do like hashtag weird dipping though. <laughs> dipping. That's good. Uh, yeah, um, they see me dipping. Yeah, really
1: what you dippity It's probably doing. fine. Yeah. I
0: wouldn't do it, but it's I probably it. fine. Uh, number five, Paul Fodder didn't touch her uh, <laughs> at Paul Fodder at Pastor's Podcast. Top ten this week was further proof you guys are the
1: hashtag mayonnaise of podcasts. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. It was, it was rough. Yeah. Did
1: you like that? It was rough. Thanks for nothing. Okay. You weren't even. You didn't even do your job. You had one job. You know what? (laughs) You had one job. You know what? (laughs) Fuck you both. Because (laughs) I worked
0: 25 hours in two days. Yeah, go ahead and bleep that. (laughs) Fuck you.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm not doing this. I don't care. Number four
0: Zesty Spice at Becky Seville. I uh, want at this is just a completely shameless me putting this yeah
1: in. I thought we were I thought we were banning her from the top ten <laughs> well we
0: only had nine because nobody responded to this last week yeah thanks guys uh, I want at Polly named Brad back on pastor's podcast because when MJ Basinger does feedback I get shafted and don't make the titter top twin <laughs> hashtag bring back Brad <laughs> hashtag Lucas can stay hashtag make Brad a pastor again hashtag something about that eel.
3: There's just something about (laughs) that eel. Hashtag,
0: or sorry, number three, Tracy with the, I'm I'm not (laughs) drunk, but.
1: Are you punking, mm, uh, (laughs) Dreblik?
0: Yeah. It's kicking like a mule at 11%. Yeah, well, that and the 40%. Plus the Yeah,
1: Plus the Sriracha. Number three,
0: Tracy with the Y, that girl with the ukulele. (laughs) Uh,
1: Ukulele.
0: Yeah, it's customary to buy someone dinner before you give them the shaft. I kind of feel like an Asian swamp eel now. (laughs) wow. Number two, 51 Shades of Biden at 51 Shades of Joe. Climate change, be damned. I don't care how steamy our atmosphere gets, I'm never giving up my hot times with Joe. Hashtag something about that eel. Hashtag Lucas can stay. (laughs) <laughs> and then this should put an end of so much shit. Number one. Oh. Uh, can that be any oh louder? Every week it gets louder. I
1: don't. You guys complain. It's not. Nothing's loud enough on my phone.
0: Number one. Dan Burgess.
1: Uh, two <laughs> weeks in a row. He needs to go for the turkey.
0: At <laughs> DP. Step your game up. DP Burger. dp DP burgers and fries bk burger happy thanksgiving to me at passage podcast it was amazing to hear my name at number one i ran upstairs right away to play the clip for my wife and interrupted her trying to quiet our crying baby hashtag michael is the best hashtag stay away brad hashtag something about that eel hashtag titter top twin hashtag eel hole
1: what was the hashtag last week? I don't even know. I think it was uh, something
0: about that eel. No, no I don't think it no, was. I don't think it was. Yeah. It had to have been something, something about that eel. Oh, it was either that or uh it was that or uh, breakaway space pants. Oh yeah. man. Which is which is pretty good. I will say right. I did I, I listened to that episode really enjoyed that interview with Press, uh, we'll Preston
1: we'll uh <laughs> His name's Peterson. He got screwed that I up. Did, last I did I did too. <laughs> Why do I you think, think I his I name's Preston? I, think he I don't know Preston because of you yeah, said it <laughs> on the podcast. I, know. Uh, I don't Peterson. know why. Peterson. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we're we gonna have get him. him back on. We're gonna have him back on. Yeah. Old Petey Tusk. All right, closing time. We're calling him now, PD Tusk. PD Tuskas. <laughs> Um, hold on, wait a second. Closing time, rate us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, write a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website in gloriouspastords.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you, and I mean you, I am you who's driving your car right now. Um, at patreon.com slash pastors podcast, support us on Patreon to join the Pastors Pub. Get bonus episodes like Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, and Hymns of Reconstruction. Buy us around and even help Shape the content of this show. Like Sarah Khan. Mm. Kahn!
3: Me says a Jane.
1: No. <laughs> uh, smash tags. What do you got? <laughs> I got hashtag beard balls. <laughs> hashtag virgin... They're like
0: blue balls,
1: blue balls but yep. beardier? That's
0: exactly what they're like. Hashtag virgin Mary man-eater.
1: <laughs>
0: hashtag is this Kyrie Irving?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hashtag 11% dick suck. Yep. <laughs> nope. No way. <laughs> nope.
2: That's my vote.
0: <laughs> we're not doing that. Nope. Absolutely not. First of all, I didn't even say that. Second of all, we're not doing that.
2: <laughs>
0: Here's the thing: people are gonna people are gonna use that anyway.
2: <laughs> oh
0: my god! Hashtag definitely has a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Hashtag uh, Bruce John Homer
1: <laughs> Florida man Bruce John Homer Hashtag <laughs> Three King, first names Hashtag
0: King shit of flavor town Hashtag Watching porn With your mom <laughs> Hashtag throbbing and grotesque. The the Michael Basinger story.
1: (laughs) Eat a fucking desk. Fuck you guys.
2: Ah, It's his autobiography.
1: Eat a fucking Ah. (laughs) desk. You guys are doing nothing for my body image. Fuck you both. (laughs) Are you talking about my bean?
0: I'm I'm retiring. I'll never do anything
2: better than that.
1: Eat a fucking dick, both of you. (laughs) Get Lucas back. Lucas, you're coming back. We're going to get rid of Brad. We're going to get rid of Matt. You, me, and Brandon Andrus taking over the world. Uh, Next.
0: uh, Oh, my God. Oh, nothing's gonna beat that Hashtag segment Freud In the leather couches <laughs> Hashtag a bit blokey <coughs> Nice oh, that's, that's what I got <laughs> uh, I've got hashtag Santa with a motive Hashtag 70% of meals at travel stops <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pit stains <laughs> Hashtag panic attack Hashtag segment Freud in the leather couches Hashtag Virgin Mary the Maniacor <laughs> <laughs>
1: We totally can't. <laughs> I can't do that, man. Uh,
0: oh. Hashtag. It's like your old. It's like it's old like your balls. <laughs> hashtag. I have a huge Ackman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: hashtag. Dare you to change it to man eater. <laughs> hashtag. Butt dial Brandon Andrus. <laughs> Hashtag oompa loompa peen.
1: Uh,
0: uh, hashtag Hillary McBride good for your blood pressure. Oh
1: man. Hashtag, hashtag deeper than Michael's
0: mom. Wow.
1: Wow. God, that is—you <laughs> is, are a terrible human being.
0: You are kind of a bad person. Hashtag throbbing and grotesque Michael Bay singer story.
2: Nope.
1: Uh, Somebody's going to waste about 40 characters <laughs> yep. using that. Anything else? That's it. All right. I've got uh, hashtag damn you, Hillary. Uh, hashtag watching porn with your dad. <laughs> it needs favorite. to be porn. Porn with your dad. <laughs> hashtag RSVP your pants. Um, hashtag. This is an underrated one. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. Hashtag uh, cookies and angel semen. <laughs>
0: We were. We just ignored you. Uh,
1: Hashtag a bit blokey. (coughs) Hashtag deeper than a muffin tin. (laughs) And (laughs) since we have 280 characters now, hashtag hall and oats and 11% dick suck.
0: (laughs) See, we can do longer. We can do longer hashtag now.
1: Oh, Mm. man.
0: God. A lot of good ones there. I like watching porn with your dad. I'd like... um, Definitely has a helmet. That's a pretty. I good like. One. Definitely has a helmet. Uh, I do like. Eleven percent dick suck. We're, think think we're not <laughs> doing that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also. I, my dark horse is Bruce John Homer.
1: <laughs> Three first names.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, man. man. I, I don't know. It's throbbing and grotesque is pretty good. That's, nope, that's veto. Pretty, no. That's Come on. We don't even you have to add the Michael it. shit. No. Nope. Throbbing and
1: grotesque. Nope. veto. The Michael Basinger. Hard veto. A Michael Basinger joint. <laughs> <laughs> the stump starts
0: <laughs> at Throbbing and grotesque. <laughs> shit. <laughs> We've got to be throbbing and grotesque. It's gotta be throbbing and grotesque.
1: No, it's, come on, it's, no yes, it does. hard pass. No, come on. Hashtag God watching porn God. with your dad it is. No, no I don't wanna do that no. one. No. Emma definitely. Definitely has, has a helmet. A helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's okay. <laughs> we got the producer to agree. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this episode in its entirety, Hit us up on social media with the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag definitely has a helmet.
2: You
1: can find us on Twitter oh, at Pastards Podcast. <laughs> at At Polly Brad. At MJ Basinger. Facebook.com slash Pastards Podcast. Instagram. We are in glorious oh. oh Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. It was all right. <clears throat> Next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Let's go watch IU lose to Duke (laughs) I don't know what just It's kind of a nice mashup Not really, no Yeah, it works (laughs) (laughs) No, it (laughs) doesn't
3: Check out our friends Twisted (laughs) Sisters
1: Twisted Sisters Hunger Um, like the wolf Hunger like the wolf what was the song Hillary said she sang? Uh, first guitar play. Oh
0: God. Oh, signature in life. Yeah, signature. <laughs> <laughs> signature. You don't. You don't need to send us that one. Definitely. Yeah, the, the I want to cover that. The definitely says something about laying face down on the mattress. I'm
1: only pretty sure that I can't fake anymore. Yeah. No, that's oh, a different song. Is that a different that's one?
0: That's a completely different song. Good work uh, though. Well, way to be throbbing and grotesque. <laughs>
2: The I'll show
0: you The Michael, Michael Basinger story TM Fuck you guys <laughs>
1: Oh, oh my god.
0: god That was one of those like Faces gonna explode Last <laughs>